What is up, people? Happy Tuesday. Hello, hello, hello. What a show we got today. So much to talk about. Oh, got Boy Genius on later. He is, uh, I respect that guy so much. There's so much we're going to talk about that I I, don't, I think will be super interesting. So that's going to be awesome later. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to get right to it, people. Appreciate you all for being here, especially the early peeps. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What's up? Shout out to Aaron. What's up, man? Theo, Pineapple, Carlitos, Frankie, G5, Calvin, Jams Music, all of you. Appreciate you guys for being here early and everything. We shall get right into it. Um, so the Super Bowl happened. This isn't a sports show, but you know, got to shout out the Rams. They they won. They blew my uh, they they blew my bets. <laughs> I thought I thought the Bengals were going to take this one. All right. I, I bought into the whole Joe Burrow thing. You know, it's funny. Like, it's insane. Like, if you guys, if there's anybody here from Detroit or anybody ends up seeing this show from Detroit, like, I feel bad. Like, you guys drafted this dude number one. You had him, the Stafford. You had him, you know, what, 12 years, didn't do shit. And then the guy gets traded first year, wins a Super Bowl. Unreal. Unreal. Halftime show was insane, too, of course. I was bopping. I definitely put this halftime show in the top three. If you guys are wondering, okay. If any of you are wondering, my top three, personally, Prince 2007, okay? Prince 2007, he fucking sang Purple Rain in the fucking rain. Nothing beats that. I'm sorry, okay? Then 1993, uh, Michael Jackson. All right, I was young, but like, you know, I'm watching reruns, this shit's just insane. I, I thought that was like the most insane show. Um, the, the, to the Prince 2007, I was graduating high school that year. I remember that very well. But Michael Jackson, 93, and then I would say this one. Then I'd bring this one up. Um, you know, fuck, uh, fuck Janet Jackson, Jackson's titty. I don't care about that. <laughs> Everybody says, well, what about JT and Janet Jackson? I remember that, too. But anyway, crazy halftime show. Crazy Super Bowl. It was super fun. Um, but yeah, we got a lot to talk about. A lot of DJ stuff, of course, to talk about today, people. A lot of... Um, uh, a lot of stuff happened, a lot of stuff came up, everything. Now, if you remember, if you saw my show last week, uh, we had uh, Jason Weiss on, who is a uh, primarily a club DJ, and he also books DJs, like he's a uh, he's a talent manager, right? So he, he runs this big company, and he books a lot of DJs out of Philly, and uh, Atlantic City, the Jersey Shore, and all that, you know, just in our area, and we were talking about, you know, like booking and all kinds of stuff. And, um, a lot of you guys followed him on Instagram and he hit me up. He's like, Hey man, like, you know, uh, I got a bunch of followers on Instagram from your show, da, da, da. but he was mind blown because he said, he hit me up. He was like, dude, you would not believe how many DJs followed me that have a private account straight, like a straight up private account. I was like, for real? He's like, dude, so many. And you got to realize that. Jason books DJs. I mean, so he gets a DJ that follows him. He's going to look at the page and, and check out, check out the DJ. You know what I mean? See, see, see what's up. You know, maybe he'll book you one day. Who knows? Okay. He's always looking for talent. He could not believe how many private Instagrams there were. So I wanted to address this. This is a pandemic. It's a pandemic. I shouldn't even use that word. It's, this is a problem, though. This is a big problem. You can't, like, I didn't realize that this was a thing. You know what I mean? I, I, and I, so I have to address this and let you guys know. If you have a private Instagram, this is, this is literally, if you have a private Instagram, this is literally what you look like, okay? You get to your page. This is what you look like. I can't even see, I don't even know nothing about you. I, I don't know. I can just see your picture, and that's it. This is what you look like with a private Instagram. Terrible, terrible idea as a DJ, okay? You want to keep your shit private? 
for whatever, you know, that, that, you know, you have a, you have a personal page you want to keep private or whatever, but us as DJs, if it's like your DJ page, it's your like regular page, it cannot be private. This is what you look like. Nobody, nobody can see you. Nobody can see what you do. Okay. You got to follow your page just to see your shit. Why would anybody follow your page without seeing your shit? Do you know what I mean? Is it worth the follow? Are people just going to follow and then see your shit and then unfollow? Like most people don't do that. Think about that. This is what you look like with a private page. Okay. All your posts are private. So no one can ever discover you. I've talked before on this channel about like, you know, hashtagging things a certain way, right? Especially with booking season, with weddings, you know, you work at a venue, you want to hashtag the venue. And then when people search the hashtag, when they book the venue, they'll find your post and all that. If your Instagram is private, they're not finding shit. This is all they're going to find. This, you, all they're going to find. They're not going to find anything. They're literally not going to find anything because your posts aren't going to be discoverable because you're private. Same thing. Like, let's say you, you book, uh, you get booked at a club. You want to be a club DJ and you get booked at a club. Well, you can't promote anything because your page is private. Only the people that follow you can see that. So you can't like really promote outside of like your bubble. All, all around DJs, terrible idea. Do not, if your Instagram looks like this, fix it. Okay. Go to settings. I forget where it's at. I think it's settings. And then I think it's just settings and privacy. And then go to privacy and then uncheck it. It's like right there. It's super easy. But, but please, don't make this mistake. You know, if you guys are watching this, just, just please switch your page. Trust me. Trust me, trust me, trust me. You'll thank me later. Just had to address that real quick. Um, so I got a question. I put up a post uh, maybe a week ago now. I forgot. It was on uh, it was on YouTube. I was saying, hey, you know, what should I cover in videos? And I, and I, uh, I got this one question I thought was interesting, right? DJ Superman said techniques for getting the crowd on your side, right? And I thought this would be an interesting thing to talk about because there's a lot of situations, all DJs, you know, as a DJ, you'll run into a lot of situations where you're kind of like, as soon as you walk in the room, the crowd's like, "Uh uh-oh, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of situations you could be in where the crowd kind of assumes based on what you look like, how you're going to be. And, you know, there's a lot of um, stereotypes and, and most of them honestly are true if you think about it. But like you can't blame the crowd, right, for judging a book by its cover. But it's a tough situation to be in. It's something I dealt with most of my life as a young DJ. Because it could be a bunch of different things. For me personally, when I was coming up as a DJ, I started doing weddings when I was like 17. So I'm 17, 18. I still can't grow a beard. So you imagine me back then, right? Baby face McGee walking into a venue and right away, you know, so I'm up there, I'm, I'm doing intros, I'm doing this wedding. And it, I would always get looks from people looking at me like, oh my God, this kid, it's a child. It's a child DJing this wedding. He doesn't know anything about music, right? And I could just tell, you know, they knew this guy knows nothing about music. He's going to suck, right? You know, it could be, um, you could be a black DJ and you're doing a white wedding and everyone's like, oh my God, like, is he going to know white people music or vice versa? It could be like, there's a million different situations where you walk into a gig and you're kind of already, you know what I mean? Like in a rough spot. So that's kind of how I took this question. Like, you know, how do you get the, how do you win the crowd over and get them on your side? Uh, and, and I I figured I put together a couple tips for this that I I think would help, um, because 
like I said, I've been dealing with this most of my career as a young, you know, wedding. Only the last couple of years, uh, it's kind of like, all right, you know, this guy's old enough to do a wedding now. It literally like last four or five years. It's like right around when I stopped getting carded. <laughs> it sucks. I'm like, damn, I must be getting old. People are like taking me seriously now. Like I literally would walk into every single ballroom unless they knew me, unless I'd been there before. And and the staff treated me some type of way. The guests looked at me some type of way. It was just something I dealt with my whole life. So number one. Biggest tip I can give you on this, number one, is prepare, prepare, prepare. You have to prepare for all the situations, especially if you're doing something that's out of the ordinary. If you're doing a particular kind of wedding, you know, whatever. You just, you want to be so prepped. When I was getting judged because I was young, it was because of music knowledge. He he was a kid. He's just going to play whatever the new stuff is. He's not going to know any of the oldies, whatever. So that's where I developed all my crates. Like, that's why I developed the crate. If you guys seen my crate and all that, like, I have those crazy lists. I developed those because of that, because I was like, no matter what situation I'm in, no matter what people want to hear, no matter what, whatever the crowd is, I'm going to have a crate for that. I'm going to have all the bangers in a crate. Oh, you want freestyle? Bam. I got like five in a row, motherfucker. Like all the best shit. You're not even, you're, you're, I'm going to, like, I just wanted to blow everybody's mind. Like, how does he even know this music? He wasn't around. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I built my crate system. And then on top of that, just preparing for every gig I have in front of me meticulously with other crates, things, you know, uh, searching lists online and figuring out what songs like should work for this crowd and then having a B list and just prepare your ass off because it's going to give you confidence too. And I always say, you know, weddings are like 90% preparation, 10% uh, execution. In my opinion, I, you know, if you do all your prep, right, the day of, it's really not that bad. You got everything in front of you. So you're going to be more confident. You're going to, uh, you're going to have that little swagger too. Cause you know, you got these fire crates ready and you're going to show these people what's you know so definitely prepare number two is mix live the entire time so if you have a crowd that's not on your side up front right you get that vibe that the crowd's just not on your side for whatever reason you got to win them over before you start dancing i feel like so many djs put a put a playlist on you know what i mean or or whatever and and just let it play during dinner. And then at dancing, then you start mixing and you got to start from square one when you start dancing. Like you have to literally try and win them over during dancing. And it's just a terrible idea. Like if you mix the entire time, all through dinner, all through the early parts, everything, if you start mixing the second the party starts, you can win them over early. You can play some bangers and okay, like you can play some shit during dinner where people are like, oh shit. All right, maybe this DJ does know what the hell he's doing. So by the time you get to dancing, they're already on your side. Okay, they're going to get up on that dance floor. They're going to be excited to dance. You're stacking the cards in your favor. So always mix the entire time. Always, 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 always. Especially in situations where you you might have to try a little harder to win the crowd over, you know? And then I was thinking to myself, right? If, If you mix and you prepare, there's like, is there anything else? As long as you mix the whole time and you prepare well, what can mess it up? You know what I mean? Like, how could you fail? And the only other thing I can think of, right? When I was really trying to like reverse, you know, I don't know, analyze this question and give you guys the best advice possible. The only other thing I can think of is just um, how well you mix. Like, the, if you prepare your ass off and you mix the entire time, the only way you fail is if you're a really bad mixer. You're just not good at it yet, you know? So like, that's just, this is easier said than done. You know, be a good mixer or whatever. It's like, oh, well, thanks, Nick. What great advice. Just practice. If you you know, if you don't already, you should be able to beat mix 
with your eyes closed, wasted with one hand, with you, you literally you want to be super, super proficient at it. Very, very, very good at it. your phrasing, the timing, how quick you mix, what parts of the song you play, your programming, all that is very, 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 very important. So I could have not say that. I feel like if you can if you can dominate all three of these things very well, you prepare your ass off, you mix the entire time, and you are very good at mixing, and you know what you're doing in that department, there's no way, there's not a single crowd that you can't handle. Literally not one crowd you can't handle. You will crush everything in your path. Okay? Those are my tips for that, people. Appreciate the questions, though. I'm going to put out more of those uh, things out and get the... There's a couple other questions I'm going to address as well. Um, this one actually came from a question, too. I want to talk to you guys about um, this next topic, actually, live musicians. So I also got a question. I don't have the question here, but, um, you know... And I've, I've gotten messages about this from you guys, too, saying, you know, working with live musicians. You know, we call it, like, fusion at uh, SCE, right? So it's, like, live fusion, where basically you'll have, like, a drummer or a violinist or a saxophonist playing along, you know, with, you know, with us at a wedding. And like, how does that work? How do you handle it? What do you play? Do you do anything differently? How do you hook up? Like all that sort of stuff, right? And it is a newer thing. I never did, you know, I've only been, you know, last couple of years, uh, I, I think like, you know, Jason, Janai and Jeff and all that, they, they've probably been doing it you know, like way, way longer. I only came to SCE in 2017. So that's when I started working with live musicians, like after that. But, um, but yeah, I'm going to give you my tips. And uh, there, there's actually, when I was like going through it, there's a lot more than I thought. It's it's a lot of little things, to, a lot of little nuances to kind of think of. Um, but this is all trial and error too. I got a lot of the tips from uh, from Jeff and Jason, but then, you know, working with them and running into little snags and here and there, you know, uh, you de- I definitely lived and learned through this. So I figured this might be pretty useful. So let's talk live musicians. So there's three... When it comes to fusion, at least with us, there's three main musicians we work with, right? It's either a violinist, an electric violinist, um, a saxophonist, or a drummer. Now, obviously, we book out, you know, guitar players and, uh, you know, and uh, singers and, and and violinists and, you know, like, like, like quartets and stuff like that for, like, ceremony. But, like, that's not, like, with us. You know what I mean? They just kind of do their own thing. Like the th- These are the three main things that, like, literally we have to work together with, okay? So... First one being the drummer, okay? When it comes to working with drummers, big tip is try and stay on point with beat mixing, right? Obviously, the drummer is going along with you. Um, You know, I don't play anything specific for the drummer. Like, I don't change my sets or, like, how I'm DJing because I'm with a drummer. The drummer, especially a good drummer, they'll stay in the pocket and they'll just play along with you and have a great time. But... You, if you're, you know, when you're mixing, if you make like 10 BPM jumps, 15 BPM jumps, you know, if you're kind of like, if you're, uh, if you're ballsy in, in that way, you know, uh, try and keep it really smooth with the drummer because if you do jump too fast out of nowhere, they don't expect it, especially if you never worked with them before or nothing, you're going to mess up the drummer and he's going to have to stop and then. And then re- sometimes they tap their stick, it sticks like they'll, they'll literally like stop and then they'll be like, and then they'll keep going to kind of get the beat. It's hilarious. But, you don't want to mess them up, you know? So try and keep it as smooth as possible. If you're going to make a big jump or you're about to drop some crazy shit on the one, let them know, you know? Hey, man, I'm about to I'm about to jump BPMs real quick. And then they'll like, they'll literally like anticipate it and then it's just a smoother experience, okay? Um, But that's it with drummers. I mean, that, you know, that's really it. As long as you stay smooth, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty good. They kind of just work with you, you know? And uh, they just, they stay in the pocket and they, you know, the good ones will just, you know, play along and that's it. Um, you know, the bad ones can make it rough. I did play with a drummer or two that didn't have a lot of rhythm 
and um, they may or may not have uh, been able to keep a good beat. And that sort of messed me up, and it kind of pissed me off. And uh, but you know, you get to know the good musicians and the bad ones, and then you try and avoid working with them, right? You know what I mean? Now, when it comes to sax and violin, I keep a crate with music with their instrument in it. Okay, you don't have to do this. They'll like saxophonists and violinists play along as well right and they know most popular music or you know they can they're real like they're smart like the good ones like they know the key and they can like hear and then they can solo over it and stuff it's like crazy like just by hearing a song like they can kind of tell like oh this is like a c you know and then they'll or whatever but i like to keep a crate with music like popular music that has their instrument in it because like it, it gives them a like something to shine right i'm not going to just play nothing but from that crate but every once in a while i try and mix in a song that might have saxophone in it if i have a live saxophonist with me right and i also have it organized depend you know dinner and dancing so like there's dancing songs and there's dinner songs so because sometimes they play during dinner you know sometimes they play during dancing sometimes they do both or whatever but i can refer to that crate drop a song that kind of has their instrument in it and it's dope you know it, it's cool and and most of them they'll know they'll know how to play the parts already so like you drop it and it's crazy like you know what i mean and they just go off and it's just it's a super cool moment so give you guys some examples here this, this is my crate system for live musicians so sax dinner sax dancing a violin dinner and violin dancing for sax dinner i'll give you like three th three songs and you guys can figure you know give you some examples okay i will always love you if you remember whitney houston i will always love you at the end it's got that crazy sax solo boss careless whisper the most famous saxophone song of all time scenes from an italian restaurant great saxophone solo in that as well by billy joel okay violin dinner at last by etta james right da, na, 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 na. cashmere Right. If you got it, it obviously it's got to work with the crowd, you know, so don't you know, don't be dropping Led Zeppelin if you don't have that kind of crowd. But if it's that kind of crowd and you have a live violinist and, and you play cashmere with it, oh, it's hard, sick. Right. And then Bittersweet Symphony. Right. Dun, 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 right. There's more than this. I figure I'd give you guys three in each one to give you, you know, just to wet your whistles and, uh, you know. So you can kind of see what I'm picking up, what I'm putting down. You can make your own little crates with this if you ever, um, you know, work with a, a live musician in the future. Now, sax dancing, Calabria, Calabria, Calab. I still don't know how to pronounce this. Can someone put that in the chat? Is it Calabria? Cal like, I need the phonetics. Calabria. Dun, 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 dun. You know what I'm talking about. Mr. Saxo Beat and Rosalita. Rosalita is a Bruce Springsteen song. If you guys aren't familiar, it's not. If you're not in Jersey, it's not going to work. Don't even try it. <laughs> But it, 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 there's a lot of, you know, Bruce Springsteen, Bon Jovi. They're all from Jersey. So, like, people like that sort of thing. So, Rosalita, it, it, you know, if you're ever in Jersey or you have a Jersey crowd, um, it's like an eight-minute song. You play it all the way through. But uh, it goes off. It's a very, very, like, you know, one of the top hits from Bruce. Like, if you're, like, a real big Bruce fan. And uh, there's, you know, you know how Bruce has that, uh, the sex. What was his name? Terrence, I think, something. Um, he, he actually passed away, RIP. But he, he had a great saxophone player. And there's crazy solos in that. And, you know, any saxophone player from Jersey usually knows that sort of thing. Now, violin dancing. Ocean Avenue. Okay. Yellow Card has a violinist in it. Uh, toxic. 
by Britney Spears. You know how it's like, like you have a good violinist. They go off. I'm telling you, it's the coolest thing. And then come on, Eileen. Right? Like there's a lot of like, if you really dig through your music and dig through, you know, all your crates and stuff, you'd be surprised at how many songs like have these instruments in it. You don't really like realize it and just putting them together and having them ready and just like mix them here and there. Like it's super clutch. And if you want to go the extra mile, you can actually talk to the saxophonist or violence ahead of time. Say, Hey, listen, I had these crates. I want to share this crate with you. Um, you know, if you know any of this music or do you have any favorites, you definitely want me to play that you can go off on. Let me know, you know, and you can kind of plan it out. And then you could put those songs on kind of a must play list for yourself to make sure you play that. Cause you know that that live musician is going to crush it, you know? So definitely how I recommend having this something to kind of think about. Now let's talk general tips. Um, I have a couple because there's a lot of little nuances when you're working with musicians. So number one, if you're working with a saxophonist or a violinist, they're going to want to plug in. Um, they usually have like a wireless system, right? So, you know, it's like, a, it's basically like a wireless mic receiver and uh, they hook it up and they have like the saxophonists have a little mic that, you know, goes in the hole, you know, and so you can hear it. Uh, the violinist, uh, same thing. It's kind of like some receiver thing or whatever, but they got to plug into you. Highly recommend you use an external mixer. Um, in general, I've made videos on this before. I'll link it in the highlight. Um, you know, if you guys haven't seen that video about like using an external mixer, but you're just you're going to sound ten times better, all that. But you're also you're going to have extra channels so they can plug into you. So you know you want to have those that set up so they can plug in direct. You can have their own volume. You can adjust the volume so they're more in the pocket and everything. They're not too loud or everything, and you can kind of control it too because. You got to be conscious of the, you know, once they start wailing, especially like a saxophonist, the saxophone, once they, you know, if they got like an iron lung and they start ripping on that shit, uh, it can get really loud. It can like actually pierce your ears, like go through, cut right through the music. And, you know, so you want to be able to adjust it and everything. You want to have its own channel. Now, when they do hook up, always rescan your mics. I had one problem. I'm an idiot. I scanned my mics before, and then they hooked up to me after, and I did have an interference problem one time, right? And I had to quick scan it, and it was just like a you know one of those quick oh shit moments. But uh, yeah, always rescan your mics. They could interfere. It's all wireless stuff, you know. So don't forget to do that. So. A big one is also to know your couple's expectations. So what I do is when a couple books a live musician. I asked him, I was like, so how do you want, you know, the live musician to be like, you want them to like, you know, rip the whole time. Do you want them at certain parts? You know what I mean? Some couples don't want them the whole time. Some couples like they want, you know, they're, they're booked for the reception, but it's like, they don't have to play every song. Like, you know, really just like, you know, like off and on kind of thing, like do a set and then take a break. Some of them want it like a lot all the time. Some of them want it in certain parts. Like, Oh, I definitely want it for like this one part. When you play this one song, just know their expectations. I've had couples, especially with drummers, you know, say that, you know, they don't want them to go too, too nuts. And, you know, I've had to tell the drummer, like, you know, yo, don't, you know, like, go easy. Like, you know, don't, don't, uh, I don't even know the names of some of these like drums or whatever they use, but like sometimes like they'll, it'll just be so loud and just so over the top and they just kind of want it more like in the pocket or same thing with like, you know, the, the any of the musicians, if they're soloing, they don't want like, you know, too much of it, you know, they don't want it like, they, you, you don't want it's like a balance, right? You know, like you don't want them to kind of like steal the thunder, not from like us, but like from the couple, but a good musician sticks, sticks, sticks in the pocket. Okay. And so that brings me to my next thing, which basically let them know. Okay. If they're not in the pocket, if they're, if they're, you know, going a little overboard or they're not really doing what you think the couple wants, right? Cause you know, your couple, you met with them a bunch of times and all that. 
let them know. Hey, listen, man, you gotta, you know, uh, feel free to take a break. The couple doesn't want uh, drums the whole time or whatever. You know, it's tough. It's like a weird conversation to have. You can kind of hurt feelings and all that. And I feel awkward doing it personally, but don't be afraid to let them know. Okay. Cause at the end of the day, you know, uh, you're the boss, you know, the couple best, you, you, you know, you want to make sure, you know, everything's good for them. It's, um, if the musician wasn't hired through you and the couple got up, uh, direct, then I guess it's like a little more complicated because like it's their own thing. So you got to kind of, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a balance, you know, you're dealing with egos and all that too, but, um, I still don't give a fuck. I'll let them know, you know, listen, calm down. Easy, easy killer. I'll just, I'll turn them down. You know, I've had people like really go overboard and all that, you know, and, uh, you know, really step all over the song and it gets to the point where it's kind of messed up my mixing, you know, but then there's also, you know, musicians I work with that are literally fantastic. Like this girl, Gabby, who plays the saxophone, she's, you know, from around here. She is so, so, so good. And just, oh, knows everything, stays right in the pocket. It just, it's, it, I don't know, just, it, she does everything perfect. Like, it, it, it sucked. Like, I work with her, like, many times. And then, like, now everybody else, it's just like, I'm always comparing it to her. It's like, well, Gabby wouldn't have done this, <laughs> you know? So you kind of like, whatever. But with that being said, too, a big tip I can give you is keep a list of the best musicians. If you work with a great musician, make sure, you know, if you if they didn't get them through you, make sure you grab their card, make sure you keep a list. And that way, like if the couple, if a couple asks you about it, like, hey, we're thinking about having a musician, we think it's cool. It's mostly couples that like, you know, a lot of couples that wanted a band or like, you know, maybe the 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 bride wanted a band and uh, the, the groom, you know, didn't want a band. They wanted a DJ. So it's like the best of both worlds. You get the fusion and all that, right? You can kind of, well, hey, I got some re- musicians I'll recommend. They're great. I've worked with them before. For, you know what I mean? And you can kind of push those musicians and then also keep a blacklist. I have a, uh, I have a shit list uh, of musicians as well that, um, you know, you know, little, just so I know, just so I remember, cause like, you know, like forget names and all that. And, uh, yeah, keep a list of both. Very, very important. I'm going to bring, we got boy genius here. Sign him number one. Perfect. Perfect. But yeah, keep a list people. Those are my tips. So if you're a work musicians, you plan on doing it in the future, highly recommend it. Um, you know, at SCE, we basically, uh, we, we book them through SCE, but um, it's really just a referral kind of thing. It's just, we get a quote from them, we pass on to the couple and just like that. So we just, we kind of do it just as a kind of a convenience, but also so we can work with the same musicians that we know are talented and are going to really like, you know, compliment the day, not, you know, not, you know, mess anything up or just, you know, be a little overboard or whatever. So those are my tips for that. I, um, some crazy shit happened. So TikTok is, uh, TikTok's a crazy thing. And a lot of DJs are really cap- capitalized on it. I got to give it to them. You know, some of these DJs are, uh, are grinding this shit out and are really getting big on TikTok and all that. And recently I saw, um, a video that was on TikTok that got shared on Sports Center, right? And uh, I saw it on Sports Center. I was like, oh, I know this guy. Like, I've seen this DJ around before. And it was like a, a Super Bowl mashup or whatever, right? Is it like 11 million views on Sports Center? Look at this shit, right? And I watched the video and I was like, oh, it's a pretty cool mashup, right? Whatever. And I just said to myself, you know, you gotta start making TikToks, Nick. Stop being a lazy piece of shit, right? And I just kept it pushing. Didn't think nothing of it, okay? Didn't even think nothing of it. 
I did think something of, uh, you know, this DJ just put all the Super Bowl halftime performers into one mashup and it's blowing my mind. Like, he he wrote that. Like, that's kind of like, who, who speaks in the third person? Like, I don't know. I, I did think that was kind of stupid. But other than that, I thought it was a cool mashup. And, and I was just like, well, dude's grinding it out. What the fuck? I got to get on it, right? I kept it pushing. But then, then Cleveland Terry... Okay, if you guys know Cleveland Terry, if not, definitely. He's got a great channel on YouTube, everything. Look him up, Cleveland Terry. He posted this on his Instagram, right? And I can't do any music because you know how YouTube is. They'll, they'll flag my ass, right? But it's kind of, it's a funny video. Uh, basically him, uh, he was like jamming, liking the mix at first. And then he's looking closer and it's like, wait a second. Because like the, the guy, uh, his name's Joe, is using um, an S11 and you can see the waveforms. And he can kind of, you can kind of see... That he's not doing anything. It's just like he's pretending, kind of, you know? So. It's a crazy thing. On the one hand, you know. He basically, all right, so here's a statement, by the way, right? So he, he commented on this video, first of all. When he posted that and he said, oh man, you got me. Please take me away to DJ jail. And if you really want to get your panties in a twist, I also use the sync button. Come at me again, Ohio. First of all, Cleveland is from California. His name is actually Cleveland. That's his first name. Okay. So he's not from Ohio. So he's just, this dude's just ignorant. Number one. Number two, he's really like, you know, being cocky. Okay. Like this is a really stupid fucking statement here to say. Now I respect the guy's hustle. The guy puts a lot of videos out. He's been doing TikTok for a while, okay? He's, he's got a good following on there. Uh, the, the video itself, I, to me, you know, when I first, when I first saw it, it's a good mashup. It's a great idea. It's super relevant. It's all the people that were going to be on the halftime show. All around, it's like shit, you know, it's one of those. It's just another moment where I was like, why didn't I think of that? I need to get on it. Why am I not on TikTok? Like, you know what I mean? Th- that's it. But then when Cleveland pointed this out, you know, it, it, it was it's definitely disheartening, okay? So what this guy did was, he went on Ableton, okay, and he got I he got the tracks and he, and he made them all the same BPM and he and he and I think it's basically on two tracks and and he he's all he had to do was start the both tracks together like where it's like you know like beat match the both tracks together and then it literally goes through the whole mashup for him, okay. Now he still came up with the mashup. It was still a good idea, right? I think, right? I don't think he plagiarized the mashup, so that's cool. My problem with it is he faked it. Like, all he had to do was start the song and that's it. And it would have played out, okay? And he could have literally just took a shit on the floor. He could have he he did anything and the thing would have played out, right? He could have danced. He could have did his hand hearts, right? He's all into those. You know, he dances and all that shit, right? Whatever, fine. But he was fake hitting the cues, you know? He's literally like trying to... And then like I dig on his page and I find other videos where like... He's not even there, there. He has videos on TikTok where he's pretending like he's mixing two songs and only one channel is playing. You can see the volume like there's only one channel playing. There's literally nothing on cha- on on the second channel, but the turntable spinning all that shit. So, you know what I mean? So he's literally pre-making these mixes and then doing the video and, and, and then like, you know, and being all animated and all that shit. And I, I, look, I'm a big advocate of the culture and this is very, very bad for the culture. Okay. He claims, oh, I'm using, he came out with some video. I'm not even going to play it. He's a, 
I'm, I'm using all the tools at my disposal and you know, that's how you can, I don't give a fuck. Okay. Be a DJ. Don't fake the fucking funk. You're faking the funk. That's what you're doing. Okay. And you're making us look bad. Like a big reason why I have this channel is like, you know, wedding DJs get such a bad rap. Wedding DJs are always shit on, you know, we're corny, we're cheesy, we're this, we're that. We can't mix, right? This is a very bad look for wedding DJs because this guy is a wedding DJ. He's a wedding, he owns a company, he's in Delaware or some shit. He's a wedding DJ. The first hashtag on the video, I think, said wedding DJ. It's a very bad look for wedding DJs. Very, very bad look. And it's a bad look for DJs as a whole. He thinks, he said in his, in his comeback video saying that, oh, well, you know, the small minority of DJs that give a fuck about me actually mixing it, I don't care about you. That's not what this video is for. This video is for the masses. And he's a big shot now that got shared on Sports Center and has all these fans and gained 20,000 whatever subs on Instagram, right? He's a big shot now. He don't need us DJs, right? You can't shit on the culture, okay? It's going to come back to haunt him. Big time, okay? One of these days, he's gonna, he's gonna, he, 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 he's not gonna be able to get certain opportunities and stuff because he's shitting on the culture, because he's not taking this shit seriously. If you're gonna make a mix, do it real in real life. And, and, and if he's not capable of mixing that mashup in real life, like you can, you can even have the edits. People do it all the time. You'll have the edit on, on the same track, make a custom edit ahead of time, and then go to do it. But like, at least actually mix it and go back and forth, at least, or at least cut each one at something. Do like, like do something. Don't just play it and then pretend to mix it. He was literally pretending. If he didn't pretend, if he just like, if he just played the two things and then just sat there and danced, I wouldn't be as mad. He pretended, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a bad look. And if he's not capable of doing the mix live, then practice, practice and get it down. Okay. Don't put videos out of shit you can't do in real life because that's fake. Okay. That's fake. That's phony. That's faking the funk. I, all right, sure, most people aren't going to notice. Most people are going to just think it's cool, and then that's it. But certain people, but there's a, you're literally fucking with the culture, okay? And you don't, you don't, it's just a very bad idea, DJs. Don't be like Joe, okay? Don't be like Joe. Okay, grind it out like him. Make a bunch of videos like him. Do the TikTok thing. We all need to get on TikTok, but don't be like Joe. He's shitting on the culture. It's terrible. He's faking the funk. And honestly, I kind of blame, you know, DJs in general. The, the whole, the fact that this guy is, you know, has the balls to like fake the funk on TikTok just proves that there's not enough DJs on TikTok. There's not enough of us. There's not enough like real DJs on TikTok, like really like, like putting out content. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if there was, a, if Jazzy Jeff, and A-Track, and Boy Genius, and all these, like, legit DJs were making crazy TikToks, like, I feel like a lot of these DJs would be more intimidated to fake a mix on TikTok, more intimidated to just make a TikTok that just mixes two songs together, and that's it, you know what I mean, and, and really just these simple, you know, because a lot of people complain about that, like, all oh, these TikTok DJs, all they're doing is mixing two songs together, and they're acting like it's some big, and I get it, but we, we, us DJs need to get on TikTok, okay? We need to flood these channels with real talent, okay? With actual real, like, shit, okay? And then these other clowns, they're, they're, they're gonna feel weird doing it. They, literally, there's no DJs on TikTok. That's why he thinks he can get away with it. I, that's, it that's just my opinion, you know? So, I don't know. That's what I have to say about that. Shit pissed me off, though. Do not fake the funk, people, okay?
Do not shit on the culture. If you can't do it, you can't do it. Practice until you get it down. Okay. Why, why do the rest of us practice every day? R- work really hard to get good. Oh, or he, he just wants to take the shortcut, make fucking edit in Ableton and just press play and then dance and, you know, do that stupid fucking grin the whole time. I, I just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan. And then the whole talking in the third person thing, you know, this DJ just put, he literally wrote that. He wrote that. That's not like ESPN wrote that. Whatever. I don't know. With that being said, <laughs> let's bring on, let's bring on our guest, shall we? I would love to hear Boy Genius's uh, uh, thoughts on this. All right, we're gonna do an intro, people. We're we're gonna do an intro here, okay? Honestly, I have a shit ton of respect for this guy. Um, you know, I've been following him for a super long time. He has he has been crushing so many aspects of our industry. He's a ridiculously good DJ. He's a producer, streamer, entrepreneur. He competed in Red Bull Three Style multiple, multiple times. Please give it up for my man, Boy Genius. Okay, how about oh, now? Oh, now I hear you. All right, so I apologize for that. That's me, Nick. I was oh. trying to do this on a PC, and apparently uh, Ecamm does not work. The links don't work on a Chrome browser inside of a PC. That's good Are you aware? I'm, yeah, no, aware? I'm going to add that to the email then. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I literally just had to reconnect all of my streaming stuff to my Mac, and I'm so happy that it, like, I have adapters and stuff. So it was a quick fix. All right, so so you guys can hear me okay? Soon. Everything's cool? Yeah, you sound good, man. <laughs> yes. There we go. My bad, Nick, and I'm sorry for everybody waiting to understand. Nick, by the way, you're a fucking menace. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love it, man. Nah, good morning. Man, I, yeah, good morning. And yeah, I, look, a big reason why I wanted to have you on, too, is because, like, I don't know. I'm an outspoken guy. You're super outspoken. And I just always respected that. Like, you say what the fuck is on your mind, you know? Got to. You have to. I mean, I'm only me. You know, and I advise everyone to, I mean, I don't say everything on my mind. Let's just be clear. I don't say <laughs> well, everything that's on my mind. If I were to say everything that's on my mind, uh, I don't know how far of a hole you would have to find me in. But I'm <laughs> sure that uh, everyone is confident in what they're doing and any anything that uh, they that that they love, that they champion, you know what I mean? So that's how I stand on it. What, what do you think of this whole TikTok thing? Yo, I'm, you shared that video with me, and I watched it for like seven seconds, and I was like, this is a pre-produced mix. And then I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I and didn't catch I, it. I, I'm so, I'm from the era of the mixtape, so like I'm, I can pick that shit out immediately. Yeah. Um, and even like these edits that are out, like, you know, some of them are like mashups or whatnot. And some of them are like have like transitions in them, you know what I mean, for DJs, so to speak. And I've I'm I'm a part of that community in some sense because I make mashups as well. But I don't ever give you like my my mashups don't come or my edits don't come with training wheels, you know what I mean? Like they are they're a full fledged song in my opinion, and they have to be treated as such. But that whole thing, um, you were talking about like live DJs and or faking the funk, right? Oh my God, like. I've been supporting that narrative for the longest time. And you'd be surprised where I stand today, man. Um, I see what Joe was doing. Uh, I'm sad that he did it. You get what I'm saying? Sad. Yeah. 
Same. But it's not something that we uh, is a like. I understand your point because if one bad DJ is out there, and and unfortunately, I don't care what type of DJ you are, if somebody does some whack shit out there, we're all we're all responsible. We all are held accountable for your actions. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to negotiate moving forward when people like that get put on ESPN, get you know the treatment that somebody like just puts them there it's not so much he's a famous dj it's about representation also it's like somebody somebody knows somebody there got him onto that shit doesn't mean it represents all of djing and joe's uh apparently a successful wedding dj and that to me is like i'm just like okay with the fact that my man is out here trying to do something with djing regardless of how many djs don't like it because like he said it's not for us He's doing something with what we know, and I don't champion it. I don't want him to do it. It's sad. It's like a, oh, damn, Joe, I didn't know you were down bad. Like that. That's yeah. how I look at it. I just think like it's in DJing. Backwards. It's just a step backwards for wedding DJs. Like, yes. You see the comment when DJ City posted it, they ended up taking it down. DJ City posted it, though, and then I'm looking at the comments, and there's so many dudes now. Fucking wedding DJs. Fuck these clown-ass wedding DJs. <laughs> and it's just like, ugh, I hate that because it's like we're not nah. – there's dope wedding DJs, man. You know what I mean? Like we're not all like that. And it's just, it's just such a bad look all the way around. But what are you going to do? S- you, know? you see what I mean, though, Nick? Like everyone is represented in a space. Uh, if anybody does bad weddings, uh, you're a good wedding DJ. The last time I saw you was in uh, L.A., uh, mm-hmm. for Nam, and I got a chance to tell you straight to your face, like, yo, I really fuck with what, what you know your stance on this. I really like how you you know you produce things, your pictures, your whole care. That, I'm sure you perform. I've never been to one of your weddings, you know what I mean? But I'm sure yeah. you perform on that same level. I hear you talk about preparation and things like that. Like those are very important things to share. And while I'm here, here are your flowers, bro. Like, congrats, man. You're doing an incredible job with Thank the you, DJ man. community. And not to mention, like, the whole DJ community, not just the wedding DJ community. I want you to know, me, myself, I'm not a wedding DJ, but I watch you. I appreciate your perspective. It helps me develop mine even further. And it's good to know that there's other people that are out there that care about the same things, that we can feel, we can come to you specifically, Nick Spinelli, and be like, yo, Nick, what do you think about this? And that's very important for the culture. And I feel like the whole space... The whole space has been compromised, man. So let's talk about let's talk about that. Let's talk yeah, about how the whole. What do you whole, think the future is like? What, what do you? What yeah. do you where do you think things are going? You know. Yeah, I, I, I love that question because the future of DJing is in streaming, is in streaming. I think and, so And I appreciate you know the everyone's getting back to work. Everyone's going outside and doing what they got to do to make it happen. And you know, some of them are following law, some of them are not. And it's about. At this point, to me, it's about being a good person. Your character is being shown mm-hmm. in, any, in any aspect of career. But in, in DJ specifically, we, our job is to gather people, make people dance, put them all in one space. It's not so, I guess, smart to do right now if you care about what your job is. And I care about people and care about their feelings at all time. I care about their experience. You know what I mean? And those things right there as a DJ have been a little bit compromised in this space. And so? I wanted to talk, I wanted to talk about that through, through COVID and just through business and through, you know, each individual city's laws and, you know, 
recapturing people to make sure that you know you're a responsible person that you're not going to put them in an atmosphere to potentially compromise their health um and also on, on that same topic like uh at this point if you haven't made your health a priority i'm not going to make it a priority so i'm still going to do what i got to do mm-hmm. that means it's like a reflection you just got to look at what the the environment so to speak is giving us so for instance here in chicago i'm watching djs operate on a local scale at local bars uh with no more of an incentive than just hey get back out here and do your thing and it's like damn man like we're still operating and working four or five hours a night and people are getting are are cool with accepting 10 percent. oh i lost it for a second you just came back my bad oh i think it's the website okay did you guys hear what i just said no i uh i'm uh i you dropped out after the bar like uh for 10 percent. okay yeah if you if we are accepting you know money like that in after the pandemic after all these things like i understand businesses got to help too but that doesn't mean the dj goes lower on the totem pole mm-hmm. doesn't mean you know there's a whole understanding that has to happen a whole re-education that has to happen on how to use a dj in today's atmosphere there's so many things that could happen with twitch with you know, promotion and marketing through Twitch and empowering a DJ opposed to just bringing in a DJ and having him play or having her play. It's a new game. Do you think you think um, there's going to be a direct correlation? Like, like I can kind of see you, you got these DJs, they're on Twitch and they, they, they have like a, like there's this guy named Whistleface. I don't know okay. if you know who that is. Um, I do not. He's a, ha- he's a house DJ on Twitch. Uh, got a great following, right? He's a great house DJ. Great. Great. Like, I just, I love his whole, like, he has like a, it's like a signature kind of show he does on Twitch, right? It's just, it's his niche. And he started doing IRL events, but it's literally his Twitch show only in real life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you think there's like a correlation with that? Like, where you kind of brand yourself on Twitch, you have a following on Twitch, and then you end up doing like an IRL thing, and then like it, it, but it's like literally your show only in real life. Like, so it's like a whole different, it's not just you playing at a bar playing like, you know, the, the, you know, the top 40 hits. It's like literally you doing your regular thing only, you know what I mean? I think exactly what you just described is the future of DJing. And, uh, we all have an opportunity to capture that through Twitch. That's what I'm saying. If you control the narrative from the inside, you can literally control your narrative from the outside, meaning how people talk to you, how people approach you, how people throw business your way, the type of businesses that are reaching out to you, the collaborative efforts of business that they understand the future of DJing and are aware of progression in business. They would want to work with a Twitch DJ because not only are you being able to bring people to this physical spot, you know, in, in a real life event, but you can also invite the world in a production level to represent you and that venue or that sponsor or that collaborative DJ, you know, the collection of DJs that want to put on a production. It's a brand new, and it's also a brand new price tag. Don't you go out there doing that shit for people to be like, here's what I can do. No, fuck that. They got to pay for that. And that's what I'm saying. Business is different now. The future of DJing is different now. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, that means you don't have a Twitch page. You don't yeah. see the progression. You don't see how you can create a literal uh, market for you, uh, a demographic for you specifically, not tied to genre, not tied to sex, not tied to popularity. It's literally based off of you and what you bring to DJing. And you can control that inside of Twitch if you want that. 
Or if you come to Twitch and do that top 40 shit, I think you would be best suited on a radio station. Mm -hmm. Because you're powerful. You're more powerful than a radio station. You're more powerful than a nightclub. I've seen people DJ on Twitch for more than a thousand people. And there aren't that many nightclubs that are have yeah. a thousand people in them. And that's that a big club. Is, and that number isn't, you know, isn't really that number. You could see a thousand people, but then those thousand people, each individual person is sitting with another person potentially. There's also a whole bunch of people that don't have Twitch. That's true. Watching that's just shit. yeah, it's just a thousand accounts. It could be, yeah. you know, three thousand people. A, yeah, if I see a thousand, I really think, oh, that's probably like eighteen hundred. Yeah. I didn't even you think about it like that. Yeah, yeah. I oh man, I'm all in that shit right there where I know all the value of all these things because money isn't the only currency. And you know, on Twitch you saw and when you posted that video of all the DJs, the leaked uh numbers or whatnot, I felt so confident. Like I I made as much as you did, and I DJed almost three times, two times a week on Twitch, and I created a pro uh program called Coffee Breaks. And it happened every day on those days from 9 to 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. And I built something that uh, created loyalty, created a, a so space cool. for me to express myself. Um, and I championed a space of music that I like to chill in by myself. Like me, Ruben, likes to go into his room when no cameras are on and listen to Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. <laughs> listen to samples, educate myself and let the samples hit me. Mm -hmm. and let the motherfucker, you know, and blast that shit like I'm in a session. But like, that's what uh, I normally did around the time every day before Coffee Breaks was invented. And I was like, let me just do what's something that I can do. That's me and something I can always stay in consistently. And I won't ever have to break the feel of it. Um, and that's something that I, I came up with with Coffee Breaks. But like inside of Coffee Breaks, it wasn't just samples like you think of morning stuff, you know what I mean? I only focused on high energy and good energy music. But there were times where I'm like, I thought of coffee breaks like out here in Chicago when I'm waking up in the morning, there could be a car at the stop sign that's blasting freestyle at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> you know, just full on system. To boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. And it's 7.30 and I'm like, you know, sometimes I feel like that too. Yeah. And, you know, and then it's like putting that narrative in the chat, in the that's stream. Good point. To let people know, like, look, this is my space. Let me remind you, you're inside the overground. This is not the regular ground. This is not the underground. This isn't the mainstream. This is the overground. And in here, there are no rules, just decisions. And I decide what happens in here if I'm driving. And I love that. I love that space inside of Twitch because, like I said, you do that inside of Twitch. You control your narrative inside of Twitch. And then you do in real life event outside, your narrative is already set. You actually come with more priority than a venue. You come with more uh, information and more security than a venue. You could actually float your party around at any venue. You can We've tell never had that before. Like, I mean, it, it's happened before, Nick. I want you to know it's happened way before, uh, before technology. There's been parties that are secret parties that move around. You would have to call... Somebody would leave a flyer with a phone number. You would have to call that number and you would be met with a voicemail that gives you the information of where the party's at the night before. Yeah. Things like I, that. Yeah. But I mean, like having a, like a, you know, just being able to just turn on a camera and stream and like just have that space right. and create something like that for yourself. Like it just never, you know what I mean? It's such a. I, You're correct. 
like I think the biggest thing it's gonna like the biggest hurdle DJs are gonna run into and probably are running into is just like the business aspect. You know, I think like you know most DJs were just creative people. You know, we don't have a lot of you know like it, it, that's the hardest part. It's like how do you you know you create a great thing on Twitch, but then like how do you you know translate it into like an IRL event? How do you like you know what I mean? Like that's like. To me, I think that's what most DJs are going to struggle with, you know, because like every every place, every venue is going to be about the money, about the dollar. And you're going right. to have to know how to, you know, uh, show your value, you know, like, listen, this is what I have on Twitch and this is why it's value. And like you said, you have to re we're going to have to reeducate, you know, like really make people rethink of how all that shit works. Like, you know, I mean, that person doesn't even know what Twitch is. You're so, right, man. And I've done an interview before with DJ City and I said in that interview, um, that I want to, I want to now update what I said. Now I understand what I said better, and maybe it would clarify how I, how people think of me. If you saw that interview, I said, um, if if I'm like in this DJ space, right, and everyone puts me over here with like, with I don't know, Chicago, big steppers, uh, a Sears Tower type thing. Like I'm, I'm just a building here. I'm established, so to speak, is what I'm trying to say. But in in other parts of the country, I don't feel that way like Chicago treats me here. Like, I don't feel the love from Chicago in the space. So I got to, like, learn how to operate, how to move forward. And Twitch, oh, my God. It's so easy to just, for me at least, to look at myself and be like, look, I'm good at these things and I'm going to stay right here. And I'm going to go here all the way. And then when I bring it to the outside, my value has changed. Everything has changed. And that's where the education part, like I said, I used to say, we, if you work with me, you need to unlearn what you know to work with me. Because the things that you know are kryptonite. Things that you know I already know and I've already made them better in my business perspective. But I feel like instead of you unlearning, no, you need to deeper learn. You need to learn further. Work, work with you how? In the sense of like business, outside, streaming, DJing for anything. Gotcha. Like we are just, you know, business. Um, but I feel like because in that space, it's like when you come to me, I have already created better versions of what you were taught because you work inside of a nightclub. And inside of a nightclub, the the focus is money. I'm not focused on money. I'm focused on creating moments. So my game plan is way different. My, my approach is different. The money is still going to be there at the end. I'm just gonna, not going to focus on it because I'm, I'm focused on long money. I agree like with if, that though. If I create I, the experience inside the room, that right there is long money. The money will come. Yeah. And I'm here for a long time. Same thing with a, a YouTube channel. You know, you, if you start a YouTube channel to make money, you're, you're fucked. You, you got you to start right YouTube. Off the bat. Yeah, you got to do it for the right <laughs> reasons. The money will come. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, and I agree with that. I think, like, the 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 whole nightlife model, the whole bottle service thing. Like, I, I just I think it's it's got a, a expiration date on it. Like, I don't think like I, there's it's begging for a change. You know, I mean, people kind of are embracing it again because they just get to go out again. Because they were cooped True. up for a long time, but yeah. I don't know, man. I just think the whole flexing, getting a table, bottle service, like all that shit. Like I, I, I don't know. I just I don't think it's 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 here for the long haul. You know, it's it's going to stay, Nick. I hate to report that, man. You Here's think? Why. I know so. Um, 
And this is why I don't participate in any of those spaces uh, until I want to. Um, and I, I really feel like that space is also what I'm trying to allude to when I say get on Twitch so you can get away from that shit. Because you could be DJing for the biggest nightclub, you could be booked five nights a week, and you could put up your three or four hours inside that space, but all that is controlled. It's a production. You're part of a production. Mm -hmm. You're not DJing. That's why I say this. Your favorite DJ doesn't DJ. They're compromised. Mm -hmm. And if you're standing on this side, like, and Nick, I consider you behind me, so you're on this side. You know what this means. I'm not talking about you. People are, if they champion you, they know about you. It's not talking about you. This is about, this exposes guilt. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I want you to read this and be like, oh, shit, he's not talking about me. Or, oh, damn, he's talking about me. And it's like, yeah, just understand that DJing right now has been compromised all over the place. So when we see shit on ESPN that's been produced and been faked, I expect that. You're right. People need to appear that are active in DJ spaces on those channels so that we can fill that space up, too. But we're not marketing agents. We're not, you know, video. We have become that, like straight up. We have become that. And that's what I'm saying. The shit we know about how to produce things on the back end um, is invaluable to some of these productions. And we need to prove that in just being present with that type of approach. We need to know our stance. We need to know our history. We need to know our worth. Back to our worth, Twitch. You get on Twitch, you will know your worth. You're, it's documented. There are hours logged. And then you yeah. get to see how many people subscribe to you, how many people cheer for you. The, that's the crowd you need to focus on. The people that are actually watching and being supportive. They want to be there. You didn't have to drag them in on Instagram. They're skittish. The, the type of attraction you get on Instagram has always been a, a really interesting thing, thing to me. Like, I don't want an Instagram follower. Like, please don't follow me on Instagram. I would... I don't know. I look at the demographic on Instagram a little bit differently. They're almost invaluable to me. So, a like so, so we won't anything. We won't need this then. This, uh, no, no, take this that off. shit out. That's cool. <laughs> Let's take that out. Yeah, we don't need that. But, hey, but here's what I'm saying. We're I'm a real person. I'm sitting right here. Nick Spinelli found me. I'm here. And uh, if you knew, if you know that, then great. If you don't know, you just find out. That's cool. But I'm asking you, um, follow me on Twitch. Um, and the production level of Twitch is what I mostly represents me. And you get to see me and feel me and hold me and, and be there with me. I'm like a buddy. I'm a friend of yours for two hours. You can yeah. rely on me to, to count on, you know, the moment that I'm creating for you. Whatever I designed for you is going to be dope because I wouldn't turn on this camera if it wasn't. And it's true. It's truly a freeing experience. I feel like a lot of DJs don't um, like sleep on or don't even know the don't realize it's it's a thing. All right. If you think about most gigs, 99 percent of gigs, um, it, it's an environment where as a DJ, you're working for somebody and you have to play a certain way. You have to. Uh, you have to conform. Even if you're in the biggest nightclub, you're you're headlining a biggest nightclub. You have to play these certain tracks. You have to. You you will literally. You have to. You know. Like whereas like 
Twitch, you can literally, it's such a freeing experience to literally play whatever you want, sing the songs you want to sing. So like, that's kind of what you're getting at. Like where like, you know, the true essence of DJing, like, like most people don't get to experience, like literally just playing what they like, like just doing them, you know? Right. Yeah, Nick, uh, Nick, imagine this. How many people did we see not get on Twitch? A lot. 90 okay. most. Again, let me reference my shirt. I mean this when I say this, like your favorite DJ doesn't DJ. Meaning that's they're the not true in this DJ. for DJing. Yeah. If you were to jump into Twitch, it's not because we all did it. It's because you follow DJ culture and you're a student. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you didn't get on Twitch because you didn't have the situation set up. I get it. Neither did I, but I still tried. I was using an iPhone for three months while I figured this whole thing out. Yeah. And I didn't have the best audio at all, but I did my best. I figured out the volume I need to have it at so I don't clip the mics. Things are just, you got to be able to just do shit to be out there in the space for your cause. If you're not in the streets with us, quote unquote, Twitch, I would never claim you anywhere. You're not on my block. You're not in my gang. I don't see you. You're not with me. You're not because there's a whole bunch of other people over here that are and they have everything we used to have over here and they have this, too. And I want that. How do you not want this, too, if it relates to DJ? And I think, see, having a space like that was never available to it was very, very hard to, to obtain as a regular DJ. Like I, you know, I'd like. Years ago, I would see, like, I would go watch Jazzy Jeff live, right? And he would, like, you know, it would be a big thing. And he would come and he would do his, like, hour set, two-hour set or whatever it was. But it was a set. It was what he wanted to play. Like, he's one of, like, the few DJs that, like, when he you see him live... It's very rare. Like, I don't know. Maybe he does, but I've never seen him in a, in a, where he's actually playing a room. He's actually just, he comes, he does his set, he does his thing. And I was like, wow, that's got to be great. Just to, just to, you know what I mean? Just do you yeah. and everyone, you're Jazzy Jeff. So everyone's going to love you. You know what I mean? And then you have like those theme part, like people have put on parties and stuff. There's been some underground stuff like growing up and everything around, you know, filling all that with me. But, but other than that, there's really, you're always, you're always playing to a crowd. You're not playing what you want necessarily. And it's just, it's such a freeing experience. And Twitch gives that platform to any DJ, anybody. Yes. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be any, just jump on Twitch. And that's another, the biggest mistake. I talked about this the other week. You know, the biggest mistake you can make on Twitch, in my opinion, is DJs go on. I did it when I first went on. I, when I first went on Twitch, I, was worried about what the, like, I was like, Oh my God, like, you know, I, they haven't commented in a while. I, uh, maybe I'm, I, I got to switch up the genre. Maybe I don't like, I'm trying to play to a crowd. And yeah, then yeah. I just started smoking weed and just thinking, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to play whatever the fuck I want to play. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. I'm just going to have a good time. And it's infectious. You literally watch people, right. everyone, there, there's, there's, you, you find your own niche, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then, and then you build this, this community of people that just fuck with what you play. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm kind of, I, I stream on Twitch once a week. I haven't because my leg's broken. I can't stand up that long. But um, Man, I, I haven't I, streamed either because my, my wrist is broken as well. Uh, so oh, that's I a broken. Oh, I feel you. Yeah, yo, oh, we're ca- cast homies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what up? <laughs> uh, but um, I wish but, I could sign your cast straight up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I haven't had anybody sign it, honestly. I was thinking about it. Uh, yeah, but, but um, bring it back, bro. Put it up. I would sign your cast if I was. That's it. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it, but it's just, you know, I, I do, I get a lot of people from YouTube and stuff, but still, it's just like, it's so cool to just like hop on and just play whatever I want to play and just have a good time and just do me. And like, I don't know, it just, it's, I, if you, if you, if you're listening to this and you haven't done it, you need to try it. You just need to do it. 
it is the great that's why i never gave it up like you know what i mean so many people i know stopped doing twitter. i'm like i still i just love playing the songs i want to play and just creating that i don't know i really love it like you know it's true you gotta you gotta dig in that deep into yourself and that's what i'm saying like it, it in a in a in a nutshell it exposes a lot of djs to me i've always felt this way um and but i just decided to put it on a t-shirt because i'm like What's a way to say things without me saying it? Because if I say it, I'm hurting people's feelings. I got families. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and it's a weird compromise thing where it's like, and I mean this, Nick, and I want everyone to hear this. If I decide to exist, a lot of people won't exist anymore. Meaning if I go out there with my business models, if I go out there with my, you know, everything. And instead of me doing it, I've realized I got to take a step back and educate the local DJs how to do this because they're actively in these spaces and I want them to negotiate better prices and I can just equip them from here. Yeah. So I'm actually inviting DJs locally to my spot here at my crib. I got it clearly all set up for all these things, right? For streaming. Mm -hmm. They don't have the setup, but I trust these DJs. I've seen them. I've mentored them. I've worked with them over the years. I've vetted them and they're in deep with DJing, right? But I'm going to put them on my stage because I can't DJ right now. And yeah. th- that's okay. I've accepted that. It's tough. It's the first time ever I've ever had to stop DJing in 20 years. And because even through the pandemic, I did not stop DJing. I actually DJed more than I ever, ever could. Same. Um, and, and I think a lot of people did. And that's what I'm saying. That space compromises a lot of, you know, realities for the DJs outside. So it's like if you go on on Twitch... Your life is so hectic already. You're already in, you know, you got to post on Instagram. You got to like post a flyer at a certain time. You have to, you're trapped, man. I can't help you. I don't Mm -hmm. even know how to help you. I feel bad for you that you got to do all those things for DJing. That's not DJing, man. I don't know what you're doing actually. And I think it's just a production. So if you're actively working in a spot to make money and you're being treated that way, I highly recommend you recognize what you are and who you are. Who's over here willing to help you? You know, Nick's right here. I'm right here. And there's, you know, I'm not inviting you to be my friend. I'm asking you to jump in my DMs and, and ask me serious questions about how to get your shit out. You know, get the shit together because I will help you. There's videos that I've made that I don't do this, man. I don't put videos up like you, Nick. But I decided how important it was for me to just have a DJ's perspective on just basic streaming. Uh, I saw the one video you did. Basics. It was really good. Yeah, it's just and I did that myself. Nick, what'd you think, man? I edited that. It was good myself. Cool, really good. I like all the angles where you did the. It was creative. Like you did the 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 switches. You know what I mean? Where you go from one and the show's dope. I appreciate. Explain. Speaking about helping DJs and stuff. Explain this. Oh my god! Yes, you have a hundred dollar request sticker, right? Yeah, and you and you sell this, and basically, Mm -hmm. to my knowledge, right, you sell this sticker for twenty bucks. A DJ buys it, and then when they make a hundred bucks, when they get their first request for a hundred dollars. Then they hit you up, and then you give them a um, hundred ways to use that hundred dollars, right? Am I correct? Yeah, like, man, what are your thoughts I, on it? You know, it's funny. I leave that last part up for them because I, I want that integrity to come back. You spent twenty dollars, you made a hundred dollars. I know you already did because we'll talk about the, the whole point of that. But if you already made a hundred dollars, I expect you to reach back out to me. I personally, mm-hmm. I put that out. I don't want you to. I'm not going to reach out to you. I want to test you one time further because I want to lead you in. I want to bring you into this atmosphere of thinking and re, you know, re-empower you with a with a hundred ways to spend that hundred dollars. That's so and that's a deep conversation. You get what I'm saying? Like that's deep, man. I'm talking about your life, your value. Like there's a few things that I already have uh, 
$100, like, get a haircut, get some shoes, things like that. You get what I'm saying? Like, for mm-hmm. your DJing. Spend, spend 100 because th- there's going to be money coming at you in the environments that you are DJing because you're DJing in nightclubs. You're DJing at weddings where people are conditioned to treat a DJ a certain way. Once they see this narrative, they can't. They don't know how to operate. They're controlled by signs. You understand? You're talking about humans in the working field. They are controlled by signs and text. We have that power, too, and I'm bringing that to DJ. That's really cool. I'm going to slap this right on my laptop. Yeah, man, I'll imagine this, Nick. When you do email me back and they're like, Ruben, thank you for this. It worked. What are those 100 ways? And I'm going to share this note with you. And it's it's a progressive note. There's already like three people in that note. Like an iPhone note. I don't have a phone number, so like I don't use iMessage. Mm-hmm. In that iPhone note, I'm going to allow space for you to add to that, man. And now it's a community thing. Now it's not 100 ways anymore. It's 110. Oh, that's dope. So you can, you're constantly editing and adding different... Uh, yeah, man. Nothing is secure, man. Everything that's is That's really cool. Keep it moving. Keep it changing. Always changing. Because that, that's what, D, you know, that's the biggest thing. You know, I think DJs really struggle with is just the business aspect, you know, getting what you're worth, you know, how to market yourself the right way so you can get what you're worth, how to negotiate right. the sort of thing. I, you know, so many DJs are just so excited just to DJ, you know, and just so excited to get a gig that it. like they undercut themselves. They, 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 they devalue themselves. You know, they really do. And, it, and I don't, you know, I see both sides of it. You know, I don't want to like, you know, but it, Hey, Nick, me too. I still devalue myself because I love this shit. I will do yeah. this shit for free. And that's the trick. So would I. Exactly. You, like, know, you know what I'm I mean? Smart. Like, I'm smart, though. I know what I'm doing. And I realize the value of this. And I realize how I've been taken advantage of. And I've said this before, too. I've been every type of DJ. So I've been in all those positions where you get treated all these different type of ways. And now I've built myself up when I've cut those channels off where none of those people can reach me. I don't do weddings. I don't do quinces. I don't do private parties. I don't do my own family's parties. I don't do. Have you ever done a wedding? Yes, and I've I've done weddings for I I do weddings, but I oh. do them for my friends. Gotcha. So but like a personal. I need to yeah. know you. I need to know you. you know how important it is, man. It's a it's a it's a somebody's really special day, in my opinion. It's like sure, sure. Musically, we are the glue in every atmosphere, and it's just as important in a wedding. Hundred percent. So I try to like stay away from that because it's too. Too much responsibility, man. <laughs> what, um, you know, you, how many times you compete in Red Bull? Three? Two? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Red Bull is, uh, like, what, that what was, was that chapter. like? That was a good you chapter know? in my life. It really well, well, that's how I discovered you. Like, I, I, um, you, you competed in Philly. I was there. Um, Dope. that was one of my favorite times ever and in, in ever in DJing ever. Yeah. Like, and then. I saw you twice in Red Bull, actually. So, yeah, once was in Philly, and then once was, uh, was it Washington, D.C.? Where was Mm -hmm. it? There was one, um, you did the all vinyl set. Biggest balls. I was like, this guy's really, well, you started out regular, and then then you went to all vinyl. You had this crazy routine. I was like, this guy's got the craziest balls. How the fuck he's going to, and I'm trying to remember, though. Was it Washington, D.C.? Yeah, yeah, that was 2017. I did it three times. Three times, yeah. Um, what was that like? Actually, I did it four times. That's crazy. Um, four. I did it in 2013. I placed third. Um, that's the year Trentino went all the way to the finals. Mm. Um, and then, um, we, you know, I also, like me and Big Once and all that, like we all had input on that routine. We were just making sure he was tight. So it's like I felt like. Oh, that's dope. I felt like we were all part of that. You know what I mean? So 
Oh, d- does that happen? That's such a cool thing then. Like, like if, you know, whoever ends up winning the U.S., then, like, the, re- the other DJs kind of can help him, like, because we want, nah, you know, I mean, to rap, it, right? Like, it's not like, it's not like, uh, like, we didn't help him. We were just there to shit on him. Like, in the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like if, yeah, was, they, they do this better you know, or whatever. That was whack. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, si- yeah. I'm standing right over the turnip, like, yo, that shit's trash. He d- he does no. those crazy up fader cuts. Those those that that I I still can't do that. That <laughs> yeah no no that shit is hard. And you know we we all learn that from battle DJs and whatnot. And I love that he brings that into the mainstream, which is why yeah. that was my purpose in helping in that space because I care about the culture as well mm-hmm. for people to see those things. And I and I'm also offended, Nick. Don't get it wrong. I'm also offended by Joe. You know, and it's it's uh it it, it sucks that he doesn't care, but I also understand that we can't control what people do in business with DJing. That's kind of where like, I've always been standing on. Like, we need to focus on that. The fact that we don't have control of that um, is kind of shitty. You it, know? I just take responsibility where like, I have to point it out. If so, if something like that happens, I have to at least acknowledge it and point it out. Like I can't let I'm that sure. go for the, yeah. you know what I mean? You, if, if nobody sticks up for the culture, it, it'll it'll get out of hand. You know what I mean? All the old heads retire and everything, and then what? And then what's this shit? What's this shit gonna look like? Yeah, man, <laughs> you know, you're right, man. Dy- that's dystopian. Always, <laughs> I'm always concerned about the future, you know, and that's kind of yeah. where my Red Bulls, my Red Bull three styles, uh, come into play with me personally. Like, cause I love all of my uh, contributions, all of my ideas that I put in my routines, it's things so that good. I felt like I was first to. You know what I mean? So like the songs ideas, the intellectual property to put this to this to this to this yep. is is what I champion in those routines. 2013, it was a good routine. It was just flat, in my opinion. Now looking okay. at it. And then 2015 was the last regional in Chicago that they did. You know, they traveled everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they put every DJ that, you know, they thought was Chicago. You know, they represented Chicago nightlife, I guess you could say. And, I and was then they changed really, it. Yeah, and then they went digital. And I I won the local 2015 in Chicago. And then I went on to Phoenix for the U.S. finals. And I didn't place, which is also a learning curve because I chose the wrong routine, um, like a decision. And this is what I was saying. You were asking me, like, what was that like? It's like, these are yeah. the decisions I was faced. Like, uh, I chose to do my second routine for my first entrance because of what I was up against that night. I saw, I, I saw everybody's skill, like, you know, a baseball card. Like I'm like, Oh, this, this guy does what this guy does. This is what they yeah. do. Um, and I picked my routine that felt like for this selection of DJs, I'm going to do everything that they don't do. Um, but I had a universal routine for just in case I got past this first round, I'm already set to blow everybody's fucking brains away. Um, but I did a routine that I felt was like just all over the place. There was no cohesive. What? Yeah, it wasn't cohesive at all. Um, and there was people that were tweeting that, and the people I respect. I'm like, that's exactly the type of criticism I I want to hear about my DJ sets because that's kind of where I thought I was doing, just showcasing all of my ideas because I just wanted to flex. And there were some points that were dope, but I was just like, not enough me. Mm-hmm. I was too much for the sound of Red Bull. And then I learned, I'm like, oh, wow. When I didn't place, I realized a lot of things. I was like, damn, these guys are so fucking amazing. These guys are fucking amazing, you know? And I had to sit all the way the fuck down. 
like all the way the fuck down. And I went home with that and I'm like, still enjoyed my time in Phoenix, met up with everybody, was cool with everybody, did what I had to do to be cool with everybody. And I love those guys because they accepted me after I, you know, got a chance to meet everybody. And it taught me so much more than DJ. And I remember DJ Bonnick specifically told me and was like, yo, that Chicago shit, man, I get it. But it doesn't, you don't got to be like that. Nobody gives a fuck like that over here. Like, we're all just cool, collect, you know. He's like, just stop that shit. And I'm like, that's the best fucking advice I can have from somebody. Because when you're born in Chicago, when you're raised in Chicago, or you know, I was born in Elgin, but I was I grew up in Chicago and Chicago raised me in the sense of how to treat business and how to act around people and make sure that you're aware of yeah. what's going on around you. Uh, it's a certain specific type of mindset. I'm sure it exists in Philly. I'm sure it exists in New York. I'm sure it exists in Miami, all those spaces. But Chicago specifically, I feel like that mindset, those traumas we have to go through to live in Chicago, we carry those when we go somewhere. So we're, you know, we're protected a certain way and our attitude shows that way. And my stance on hip hop is that stance, like that B-boy stance. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so when I'm yeah, doing the, yeah, yeah, when I'm doing that whole, you know, act or whatever, it, it crosses over with both sides. So it's like I'm, I'm portraying a character to who I want to be in DJing, but then like my attitude that I'm raised to be in to make sure that I'm always protected also comes over here and it rubs people the wrong way and it doesn't work anywhere else. It only works in Chicago. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, but when you go to New York, why are you so aggressive? When you go to Miami, why are you so, and then everywhere else, why is this? Why? And I'm like, oh shit, you're right. My bad. That's just how I got to be because this is where I'm at. Um, that's, that's what's reality. cool about having experiences like that, like traveling around and like, you know, cause you get to, you, you learn about yourself. You get to learn from other people and all mm-hmm. that. Like what they, did you like, did they like put you guys in a hotel? Did you guys all like bunk up? Did you get to like hang out with everybody? Like yeah. how, how does that all work? Like what's it well, like it, being, you know? It, they definitely put us in, in all of the same spaces. And I thought that was cool. That's what I'm saying. Like my attitude kind of just went away and I was able to communicate with everybody. So we were so close. Like we're in lobbies together. We're in meetings together. We're receiving gifts together. We're okay. speeches together. You know what I mean? Like it felt like a retreat somewhat. Um, so that was my Phoenix experience. Right. And then they did digital uh, uh, and they chose six DJs. And out of a thousand DJs, I was one of six DJs. Um, that's a five minute or six minute routine. I forgot what it was. And, you know, you had to submit it online. Yeah. And you submit the link and then boom, just to my surprise, you know, I was like, Oh shit, I'm one of six. And I just looked at the line of DJs and I'm like, Oh my God, what the fuck did I do? That was so special in here that people saw that I felt I could contribute. And then I, I'm now learning that that, what I put in that routine was just my ideas, like me. Yeah. Like I didn't do what anyone what i saw the people do and what music was being played at the time i did what the fuck i did what i do and that's what shines did red bull um did red bull like pay you guys and stuff like how did all that work like i think red bull 2013 i got a check from red bull for third place it was like 1500 okay Um, but that was like that was they, they didn't do that anymore they didn't get you paid anymore they gave you some you know like a invitation gift that was cool. Things, you know, you can put in my room and whatnot and people can see. But that's what I that's what I heard. Like I heard like, you know, when they had regionals and stuff, like they were actually like they, they had first, second, third, like they were paying paying the DJs and everything and there was like multiple That was dope. 
and then they combined it. Then they then they just did the online submission and then just won finals for US, and that was it. And then that's when they like stopped paying DJs. And like I think like what was it conflict that had like a whole. Uh, a whole uh, uh, GoFundMe or something, and then uh, the winner got the whole pot or something like that. I forget. It was years ago now. That's crazy. That sounds like fun. Um, Tax-free, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he, he was mad because Conflict didn't want to compete no more, I think, or something. He was just, like, flaming Red Bull for not paying anybody no more. So he started the whole thing. And then, like, uh, and then the that. winner that year got it. I think it was Jay Espinoza. That's that fucking year. dope. It, it's dope because, I mean, like, even Jay Espinoza, like uh, – he used one of my cumbia tracks for his uh, 2019 win. I think it was. Oh, it's sick! Yeah, you have the craziest edits, by the way. Thank you, man. I just to wrap up Red Bull real quick, and we'll, we'll move on to that because I feel like there's so many segues, Nick. We could just keep talking. About <laughs> yeah, right. So much, man. <laughs> um, but I love my experience in Red Bull. It taught me so much. I feel like I grew as a man throughout those experiences as a DJ. Yeah, that's um, cool. And I, I mean, all those the words like I grew as a man. That's a DJ, and I. I feel like I'm the whole letter spe- you know, spectrum, not just the man. I'm the human. Like, I love all of my gifts. I love all of my essence. I love my influence. I love how I can spread my love. Um, and I try. I really do. I try to, you know, convey messages. I try to share impacts, impactful stories through my DJing. Like, 2016, when you were in Philadelphia, it was one of the most important sets for me because one of my best friends passed away. And I felt like, when I got chosen for that year, I felt like, I, I don't know, just weird. Like, like he helped choose me for that. No, like I know exactly. The opportunity, you know what I mean? So it was like, yeah. I saw that in a, in a way of like, I got to do it this way. Meaning I got to do it the way I want to do it. And I, I don't really like that routine because there's a few cringe parts because of technology. Like my laptop wasn't the best laptop and I've had issues with tractor, just connection and like, Anytime I would load a track over that day, for some reason it would like reset. I don't know what the fuck happened. Mm. I know I found out later it was a feature, but in the middle of my battle, it's not the fucking thing you want to find out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Scary. I had to, I had to reset one of my one of my in the middle of my routine and gather myself and add sixteen more bars to my routine. I didn't have room for that, but I did it because I knew how important it was for me to finish this routine. Sure so that experience you mean like see what i mean like growing in front of people is not something you want to do but that's the risk of dj you know you take and that's the most chances. valuable experience like you know what i mean opinion, like, i'm having the full i didn't even know i want to i couldn't tell I, I mean but i you can tell after i say it now but if you didn't like i hope you don't think that's how i dj you know what i mean like yeah yeah there was some real issues happening right there and i had to fix them and I think just because of impact and my choice of, you know, songs and the way I just, you know, gathered and pulled through, you're a DJ. You can watch somebody that DJs and watch them suffer. You know something's going on. But they gave me second place that year and Trey's ended up winning. And then 2017, again, uh, an online battle. And I was one of my bad, Nick. Oh, you're my back. Bad. Oh, you're back now. Sorry. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know why my browser quits sometimes. Um, but whatever. We're back. In that whole in that whole experience, I I just grew so much and I learned from so much. And then 2017, one of six again, I just was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do something for the culture." And that's where you brought up the the vinyl, the wax thing, because it's not something I I don't do. It's something I'm very comfortable in. I know how to sure. handle it. Uh, it's a different touch, you know. And I teach DJing, so I teach vinyl first. So 
And I don't teach it because I'm a purist. I teach it because this is how DJing works. You got to have these instincts and you got to have them and you can only acquire them by using turntables. And that's my personal opinion. Everyone else will have their own, but everyone that knows what I'm saying knows that it's it, the truth. Expand on that. What do you, what, what do you mean by that? Um, like, like what the, the, you, so you're saying there's a soup, there's a huge, I agree with you by the way, but you, so you're saying okay. there's a huge value in, uh, learning how to DJ on turntables, like with like wax, like, you know what I mean? Like, because it teaches you like, yes. like you look at it differently, you're saying, or I, I feel like it teaches you differently. Like I mentioned the wounds that I, I acquired on stage and, you know, you still got to, you know, prevail. You move differently after that. You approach things differently after that. You have a wound. You know, you're not mm -hmm. as. So in DJing, I feel like it's the one thing that bites back when you play vinyl. And uh, it, it teaches you. It's like a snap. It's like, bah, nope. Nope. Do it again. Mm -hmm. Nope. And that whip, once you get it's a not chance to harness it. Yeah, it's not forgiving. And it also will, like it happened to me on that stage. The story behind that stage, if you really, uh, this is the, the fact. I did uh, my routine for sound check and I showed everybody my routine and I did the wax and I had all the DJs around me and I just fucking flexed and I did my whole routine and they were like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm taking this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love y'all, but I'm doing this. And I told everybody and that's, that's the way I felt. And then when I, when I got the number to draw out of the hat, I was first. And it told me again, I was like, yo, this is exactly what I want. I want to spook everybody. I want to go through. I want to just scare everybody. Mm -hmm. you, and I wanted it all. And then in soundcheck, my needle was buzzing. And it was, you couldn't fix it apparently. So I asked DJ Ease. And you can ask DJ Ease as well. Like, Ease, can I borrow your needle? Out of all the DJs, I would trust your needles are broken in and are available. Can I please yeah. borrow one of your needles? Because my shit is buzzing and I don't want to, you know, be that to, that, that to be the distracting factor if anything were to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and I did. And uh, I left my records on the side of the turntables where they were. Mm -hmm. But then they went through the rest of the sound check. And turntables got moved and weights got reset and shit got... And I... Was I left the room, so I just assumed, I don't know why, I just assumed everything was the way it was. Because when I came on the stage, it looked like the way it was. My records were there. Everything was the way it was. And the room was hot, man. Some of those stickers moved that I already placed. And mm. so that's that needle on there. That shit has moved off a little bit. It's skipping, and I'm looking at the shit like, what the fuck is this? And then <laughs> Ease's needles are, are turned. Mine were straight. So he, so he does it. that turn thing, yeah. So when I put my needle, when I grab the needle, to, you know, I'm, I'm introduced to this brand new atmosphere, and this is why I'm going to get to a point later. Don't ever change anything in your in your practice. Practice how you perform all the time, every element. Yeah. Your hair, your watch, your shirt. Practice. Practice like that. Um, but I got introduced to that where I figured out when I put the needle on there, shit's already turned. So it doesn't need to go as far. So my muscle memory is to go this way and I'm doing too much and I'm trying to figure out the sticker. And I'm like, in that moment, I'm like, holy shit, this is happening. This didn't happen ever in practice. I've had a few skips, but not like this. And then I'm like, sticker moved. 
And I went in there and I'm like, shit. And I fixed it and I heard it and I just took the whole fucking sticker off. And then Flip Out was like, we're working with vinyl, fuck, you know, give it yeah. up. And then I was like, all right, cool. My bad. You know what? The rest of this shit, no problem. And then I got settled in. And then again, one of my needle skips. And it was, I think it was because of the way the needle was set and the weights were off. Everything was off. Yeah. So I'll take the L on that. I didn't go back in there and do the math again. But then again, how can you fucking sound check right before you're about to go on stage? Um, and it's just a lot of pressure here. You're on that big stage and the place yeah. was packed. I was running. Oh, it was crazy. It was nuts, man. So I, that happened. Uh, Flip out is an angel to me because he he made sure that our audience was like, yo, he's fucking working with vinyl up here. Mm-hmm. He's still, you know, doing this. And I'm just like, thank you. That made me feel a little better. That actually was mm-hmm. the confidence that I needed to continue moving on. And I, and I hope he knows that. I've said that to him multiple times, but I hope he knows that. If he didn't say that, I don't know how I would have gotten through the rest of my routine. Because I had to get out of the vinyl set to get back into my, my laptop. And I was at a point where I was about to abort the whole vinyl shit. But uh-huh. I couldn't. I was like, there's no way. I have to get back in here because what I get back in here wouldn't make sense with what I did. Because I was trying to mix vinyl. My, my idea was to contribute to DJing and the battle atmosphere of doing something that no one's done before. Yep. Started with a laptop, going digital, mixing out of this back into a laptop seamlessly moving back into the battle space and then continuing on with the other intricate parts of my routine that I feel like I was putting up points. Yeah. So that type of thinking is what I was doing. That's why I did that. But it, it taught me so much more because I only thing I could think about was my students. I was teaching at the Scratch Academy, and they they were so proud of me. They were like, "Yo, oh my god, our fucking teacher is winning this shit! Oh my god, what the fuck?" Yeah. And you know, I'm, I don't want you to think these people were young. Like some of them were like twelve, but the other ones were like 35, 45, 55, 62. Were they like, there? Some of them actually came out. That was nuts, you know. And that's crazy. Some of them were also in Philadelphia. They made the drive, or they got a flight, or you know, mm-hmm. got in cars together. It was an event, and. It's just that whole space, like it taught me how to just live in my, my t- like whatever I contribute. Like I, I work really hard, but I really made me realize that whole Red Bull experience made me realize the importance of community, family, friends, support groups, and, you know, where your attention should be. Not so much in the, like letting people use you, so to speak, like these people want you around and focusing on them. And I felt that support and it taught me so much. Like I grew up um, as a professional. And that's what I I feel like I needed. I needed all those in experience to happen because it didn't happen to you. It happened to me. So imagine how much better I am to know that I can look at that shit and be like, those are learning experiences. I'll never yeah, let man. that shit happen to me again. That's you know, it. So. We've all had them. That's for sure. Yeah. And I, played I love a, it. I played a metal song during a first dance once by accident. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Which like, one, man? They were already. It, it's called the plot in you, uh, a father's seed. Look that up. Uh, it's, I, uh, I will not ruin my algorithm for that. 
Yeah, it uh, <laughs> literally the first dance song was playing, and I left the channel up because I had some stupid ghetto setup, and I, and I left the channel up, and it played the next song on my iTunes on this separate computer I had, and it just and so it played right over top of. They were already first dancing, and it was uh, the song starts out with a phone call, and it's like, uh, "I'm pregnant," and no. God, literally like straight metal because I listened to it like while working out or whatever and it blasted <laughs> over the speakers and they just stopped dancing and looking at me and, and it took me like f- I don't know 10 seconds to figure out where it came from <laughs> oh that's a long ass time man bro that's bro oh my god seconds. it was insane so uh yeah um, been there you learn you know you, 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 you learn you know th- those are I'm... scars you're, you're right though they're wounds it's literally a wound like uh, these DJ wounds you, you know they're all they stick with you <laughs> They have to come with you. They're scars. And, you Mm -hmm. know, they scar your mental. They create traumas. They create realities for you that you didn't have before because you weren't prepared. And that's what DJing, that's what I mean. Like, DJing ultimately isn't this big-ass show, this fucking full-on production. I understand and respect what's going on. I get it. But I feel like in, in what they've learned how to do all those things, if they actually learn how to DJ, which means... Go through those wounds and take those hits and take those mental scars and actually look stupid sometimes because you might need that to grow for the next stage you might get on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the performance might be better. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't just be out here being, you know, <laughs> no talent, just vibes. DJs out here. Like, it's it's disheartening as well. It makes me want to reserve my information. It makes me want to just, you know, and that's kind of what I'm learning that uh I don't want to do, I don't want to be the gatekeeper of anything. Like, I want to share my information, but it turns me off because I'm like, you guys don't show me, you're not showing me any effort on these spaces. I don't see no battle wounds. I haven't seen, you know what I mean? Like, you haven't gone through anything. You're not, you're purposely avoiding these things. You got to take risks. You're never going to get anywhere without taking risks in a life, I think. And that's like something, that's what you did. You, you always, you were, you were like, that's why I had mad respect for you too. Like, you know, regardless if it worked out or not, you took a huge fucking risk. Like, and then on the opposite side of thing, that Joe guy doesn't want to take a risk and try and do it live and mess up. He wants to pre-make everything, playing it safe. You know what I mean? Like, it's about taking risks. That's where you're you're gonna grow the most. And And let's come back to this, man. That's what I mean. Like, um, and I mean that with my whole DJ heart. I don't feel like that about you, human. I might you might be a great person. You might have a whole family. You might people might love your jokes. Like, you probably are a star in every area outside of DJing because you don't want to take risks. And I'm not saying do it for the culture. No, man, do it for yourself. You're going to be a mm-hmm. better DJ. That's the point. I want to see how much better you become in this space with what you know and have acquired. And if you can contribute to the space of DJing, whatever you came up with is going to be new. And I'm excited for that. So that's what I'm pushing for. I would love to see that more in, in our environment and a different perspective of like, I'm not old school. I've been doing this for 20 years and I'm cut from a certain cloth and I've never had a day job to go off of. And I'm not proud of that statement. I'm just saying I don't live in a I live in an artist atmosphere where I treat myself and every day all I got to do is paint. My job is to paint every day. When did you start DJing? How old were you? I was 13. Holy shit. Yeah, I was 13. And then I would say by like 15, I got a handle on it. I really got a handle on it. I got an understanding of how to mix music, how to put it together with vinyl. So there was no sign of digital aspects. I had to DJ when you 
DJing was DJing. So I still wanted to do it. I knew how hard it was. I still wanted to do it. Yeah. When did you go full time? Like, when did you start? Like, just, just, do you, you know what I mean? I, I would say um, when I was 18. Um, so you went all in early. Yeah. I mean, I graduated high school in May, and then in August, I was on 103.5 Kiss FM. No shit. And I was going to go to like college and go to the school. get it. And then I'm like, what? I'm not going to spend 40 grand mom's money going this way, doing something that might work. You know, when I already have an opportunity in the space where I can just learn hands on. Mm-hmm. And I took a risk. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to do that. Sorry, mom. I'm going to go this way. I appreciate it. I moved out when I was 19, 20. And then, um, was on the radio and then made that my priority. And I was, like I said, I was raised in the mixtape scene. So like the DJs that were on the radio to me were DJs that were putting out mixtapes. So like I got their mixtapes and then I would hear them on the radio. And that's what taught me how to DJ. Cause I'm like, these songs are perfectly placed like this. And there's an eight bar gap between each song. And some of them are musically placed and some of them use an acapella voice. Some of the DJs are scratching them in. Yeah. It's a whole list of creativity that's happening inside of these mixtapes that that raised me. So when you made it to the radio, I felt like I'm representing the same people that the same line of DJing, the lineage of creativity to be in that space. But I'm quickly introduced to playlists, you know, creativity aspects, you know, that are being controlled. And I did. I only did that if I'm 19 or 18 with that. I quit radio when I was 23. And I'm like, I quit. Like, I'm like, this is whack. Like, this is what, not what I want to do with DJ. What didn't you like about it? Just the controlling aspect and the music selection. And I felt like Kiss FM was trying to appeal to a broader market that was designed to keep people in shackles, so to speak, in Chicago. Chicago is probably one of the most segregated cities in, in all of the country. Really? And yeah, seriously. Um, and... It's really political, and I don't have to get into it. There's so many documentaries on YouTube. You can go crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, I, that's the reality we live in today. So business still operates like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, maybe even 60, 70 years ago. Um, because that's how this place works, right? But I, I forgot my point. What, what were we talking well, like, why'd you, like, why'd you get out of radio? Uh, like, Okay, uh, yeah. So that's how radio was designed to keep those... I guess those spirits and chains like that, man. In my opinion, that's what I've, that's what I discovered. Gotcha. Cause like musically, it was like, play this music. Don't do it like this, do it like that. I don't like so that the, you did wordplay here. This song says shots and then you put this song over here and it's talking about, and I'm like, that's a DJ. Track. Yeah. So you weren't getting fulfilled anymore. Like it was kind of just like, all right, this is no. actually a job job. Like this isn't like the art yeah, that and I, goes and away. That's what, I, that's what I respected about it at that point. I'm like, okay, if I'm not going to, do this the way I want to do it or feel like the things that I'm contributing to the space isn't worthy by somebody that doesn't fucking DJ, doesn't go to nightclubs, doesn't know how it could be represented in a real space. Cause that's what we did too. We brought club kiss to real spaces mm -hmm. and I would be there DJing. And it was me at the anchor of that. We started doing that because that's business. That's the things that I would understand to bring to companies like this. And you guys want an extra check? Why don't you guys stream from the club I'm DJing and put me up for an hour live on the fucking yeah. radio. Yeah. And I will play all clean edits. Yeah. And it's done. You can trust me. I'm a professional. That's sick. I, I got it. And it did work. And then 
I just felt the like the local DJs that wanted to share that stage as well just couldn't do what I was doing. And that's kind of, in my opinion, what like drew me away from it because now they wanted to be a part of it. And I'm like, but, but why, man? Like, I yeah. get it, you know, you know, you're a part of this too, but it's like I created this space with this type of bar, you know, and I shared that space because I'm a good dude. I understand the difference in just being a straight on, full on DJ and being hard on about, you know, what you're doing. And understand motherfuckers got lives to live alongside of me. They can't just chase this dream all the way like I want to do it. So I'm like, cool, man, do it, I guess. And, you know, I'll figure something else out to do because I've already lost interest. Now I'm trying to figure out the next play. On to the next if it's one. not all mine. Yeah, if it's not all mine, I don't want it. Did you get to meet any, like, cool celebrities and stuff being in that space? Like, you, I hear Hell all these yeah. stories. I've never been on the radio or anything. So, like, I, but you hear the stories, oh. like, you know. Don't get me wrong, Nick. I love the experience I gained. Again, another growing learning experience that I've had a part of DJing. You see what I'm saying? It's like mentally, uh, it just molds you a certain way how to operate with sharks. That's what radio taught me. Radio taught me protocol. Radio taught me influence and and sponsors and how to operate with like that. Yeah. What was the biggest, uh, like, do, do you have any, uh, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a radio celebrity something story? Like, was there, like, is there a celebrity that's, like, a super asshole, you know? Uh, <laughs> no celebrities watch this show, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, so your I mean, secret's I, safe with us. No, it's cool. I didn't really run into any assholes, so to speak. Um, no? Hmm. I met, uh, and not related to assholes, I want to say something positive, uh, Ryan Leslie. I met Ryan Leslie at one of the events. Um, that was one of my most famous, uh, favorite experiences that I've had That's cool. with, with somebody famous that I champion. Yeah. Uh, I met Nicki Minaj, um, when she was first coming out with the pink album or pink Friday, whatever it was called. Um, oh, wow. and then I did, uh, there's a lot of people, but I met CeeLo. That was cool. Um, there were so many celebrities, man. I just make, I didn't make any time. Really, I didn't care so much. There was just a few people that I just mentioned. I was like, yo, these are cool. I like yeah. these people. Um, and then I met uh, DJ Scribble. Now, I'll keep it back to relating to, to DJ. Um, my, my host, <laughs> we kind of set up Scribble in a way to kind of get him, you know, to scratch with me. I, we had some decks in the room. And I'm like, yo, come on, man. Like, let's just get down. Like, uh, we have some CDJs, and I brought, like, this old, like, Denon 10-inch mixer Okay. That I, w- that I had that would take, like, 10 minutes to warm up for the crossfader to be sharp. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, um... That's crazy. So I brought this CDJ, or they brought the CDJ, they didn't have turntables in the radio station yet, and that's where I came in, where I'm like, y'all, y'all need to always have turntables. Motherfuckers like this are coming in, and we gotta, you know, use turntables. I don't want no fucking excuses. Yeah. Because I want to put them next to me, and I want to be like, what's up? Let's go. Let's have some fun. Turn on some cameras and put this shit up. It's got to be crazy. Scribble's a you beast, know? man. And Scribble's- he is. And there's a video online of me, 19-year-old Ruben on my Boy Genius YouTube page, that uh, you see him you know, telling me, yo, I can't really scratch on these CDJs. Um, I don't know how to use them. I don't use them. I don't ever use them. And I'm like, I get it. But I'm like, what I do, I ran into these all the time. I'm like, and you should be able to use these, man. Like, you should be like, it's not that difficult. It's not different for me personally, what f- CDJs feel like and turntables. I feel like I can correlate both sounds on, uh, I could put them together. I can make it sound the same, mm-hmm. but I did CDJs that day and I was scratching. And then he was like, yo, this guy's cutting 
perfectly fine. And he's making me look like an idiot right now. And I was just like, look, man, we were trying to make you look like an idiot, man. All you had to do was cut. You got to give me some effort. Um, that was one of the most important things that I felt DJ related was an impactful thing for me because I met DJ Scribble, who's actually the one dude who inspired me when I first saw DJing ever was Spring Break uh, MTV. So I feel like that was a full circle. Like the one dude that I saw for the very first time. And I literally asked my brother because I saw performances and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? What is he doing? Why does he have headphones on? Why is he <laughs> yeah, so is he a, is he a my bad. No, you my, <laughs> my brother said, uh, uh, he's DJing. And I'm like, the fuck is DJing? So that was your introduction to DJing. That? Yeah. You mean letters? Like DJing? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then my brother later that summer booked a birthday party and there was a DJ in my garage, like some gangster. <laughs> that was playing hard house in my garage, all vinyl. And I would holy watch shit. him and I'd be like, holy shit, this motherfucker is smacking this shit. And he's cutting and scratching and doing all these, like literally like scratching over house music, like Bad Boy Bill. And if you don't know who Bad Boy Bill is, please listen to Bang in the Box Volume 1. Enjoy. Bad, Bad Boy Bill. I'm going to write that down. I do not know who that is. Yes. A uh, little Chicago history. And then you would know exactly kind of what the structure we understand about making mixtapes, how DJs should sound. The reflection of DJing when people hear it, like you mentioned, Joe, earlier, this is the proud version of DJing, in my opinion, where you could do something on a mixtape and then hear that DJ play and it would sound, he would sound verbatim hmm. because he did it live or he did that whole thing live or they make that transition live or he was scratching live. That's yeah. fucking, that's fucking so dope. What, what's the name I, of that mixtape? Bad, Bad Boy Bill, Bang in the Box, Volume 1. Bang in the Box. And an important version, volume one. You can listen to the rest of them, but I highly recommend you start at volume one. Volume one. All right. And also, Too Cool Chris. Too Cool Chris. Some OG shit right here. I don't know which mixtape it is. I know it's online somewhere. I saw it somewhere. It might be on YouTube. Too Cool Chris, um, Chicago DJ. Uh, it's like a yellow cover. And there's... Just look for a yellow one. I know he has some color coded. Just look for a yellow one. That's the one. But Too Cool Chris. And like I'm inspired by freestyle DJs and mixtape DJs in that space. So it's like the freestyle mixtapes. I don't know if you're aware of like uh, DJ Payback Garcia. These are incredible things to listen to. To just jog your brain. Payback Garcia. Um, yeah, DJ Payback Garcia. He makes like 15 minute... Um, and great stories too. Great stories with with uh, with his music. He plays freestyles and he'll put like house music behind it, and it'll be a mix of like verses and choruses, and it's just this big ass mega mix for sixteen minutes. That's and dope. Have an you know a, a movie scene or whatever to separate the next segment where it's all different emotion. It's nuts. Storytelling. Um, I'm definitely gonna vibe to this shit later. See this. Yeah, There's dude, always that something bro. that, you know? Yeah, and I, I champion those sounds because that's what I'm saying. Those are the things that hold me up today. And if I'm standing, that means those things still work. It's proof. And I, I would love for those gentlemen to know that, that the things that they created uh, helped shape and molded me. And I still submit. I subscribe to those thinkings and narratives about DJing. And I'm still present. And I don't have to be an NBA DJ, a radio DJ, a club DJ to be present. I still tower 
all over the city. And I'm proud to say that. And I don't mean that in a like, uh, oh, I'm the best. No, I mean that in the sense that I know exactly where the fuck I stand. Yeah. I don't do none of those things and I'm still here. So must be doing something. And I love that for me. And I want that for others. Do you see what I mean? Like, I see what I've been able to do for myself. And that's why I'm like, hey, guys, come to my Twitch. DJ on this shit. Mm-hmm. Let me bring you my people. My people actually fuck with me and they understand that I like to do this. And that they would appreciate you. And they know that I don't fuck with nobody else. That I don't put nobody in here. And even in my DJ and outside, like, I, don't, I, only, work with, I only work with a certain amount of people. Because yeah. I trust and work. And, you know, I like their work ethic. In you got DJ. a small circle. Super small, and it's it's a strong circle, and I and I, you know, it's, it's a relationship you got to build on it every day. And the same way, I love, you know, you got to have a circle that works with you and knows what you're doing, and will help you do what you got to do to get it done. And that doesn't mean like your brother can't help you; they can help. But I mean, like the thinking that has to happen, the like execution, and sometimes those type of people, your tribe, you got to find those people and work with them. And accept them. And that's what I'm learning too as, an, as I get older. Like, I don't, I haven't collaborated as much as I would like to because I feel like there's so many things I got to get to that I've created that it's like I feel I would be cheating myself. I got a lot of ideas, a lot of things that I'm doing. And uh, I'm only doing house music this year. So we talk about my history, right? Let's talk about the future. I'm only doing house music this year and I'm trying to release and edit every month. And I have three on deck already. I haven't dropped one in February in January because it's still getting mastered. Um, and I want to move with the person that I have in line. Like I said, my circle's small. Um, so he's already working on it. I'm just going to let him do what he got to do because I know that's important. So what kind of house? Of, I'm sticking to my, my rules are 124 BPM. I'm using 505 kits, 606 kits, 707 kits, and sometimes 808s. But I'm in that space. Okay. And then I'm... And I'm using uh, yeah, that's those are the logistics, right? But it's Chicago house, and I'm trying to stay in the era of 1987 to 1993. Wow. And how, uh, how would a DJ yeah. get your edits? Like, do you have like a Bandcamp or something? Like, yes, 100. percent I got a Bandcamp. I could put that in the chat, but I got a Bandcamp, yeah, and definitely talk those. That, that's where my. Uh, that's where my past edits are. That's where everything that I do did has already existed for me and created me for the allure of one segment of DJing, you know, the popular segment, the the mainstream segment, you know, the people that contribute to the space. They saw me do all of these things with them and I did that with them and I thought that was great, but I figured I want to bring all that intellect, all those experiences, like I mentioned, even my hip hop shit, people thought like, I'm going to turn that off. Like, no, I'm bringing that shit to, to house music. Like, I'm going to bring everything over here. I've never been that way, Nick. I've never had a, an opportunity to decide for myself like that. I've always felt like I had to do These Are The Breaks, which is a hip hop sample party that I throw. And then I yeah. had to make cumbia edits. And then I had to battle in Red Bull 3 style. And then I had to teach. And then I had to DJ in nightclubs. And then I had to be this mentor for my friends on the back end. It's a whole bunch of people I had to be. And I never was this one person where it's just all of those things into one. And it's given me a sense of peace. And I'm able to create something that I feel like I can throw in this house space and be like, well, I'm going to put it in this, in this bucket, guys. It's going to not sound 
like Chicago house. I don't want you to ever hear my shit and be like, that's like, oh, that's like that. It's like, no, it is Chicago house. I understand the rules. I figured out where I need to be because the people I'm showing this to are people like Terry Hunter, people like J-Star, people that champion house music. For real. How, how do you, like, you seem to be like a real, like, free thinker. You know what I mean? Like, you seem to like, and that is, some, it's so hard to get to that. Like, like, w- like when, like, when did, was there a turning point where, like, all that pressure went away? Where you didn't have to, like, like where you're like, how did you get to where you're at now? Like, you know what I mean? Where you're like, you're, you're not real, like, you kind of like, I almost envy it. Like, you like, you know, no, man, don't you're doing you, like, 100%. Like, you know what I mean? Like. It's a, it's a huge support group that I have. And uh, mind you, I don't have a phone number. And I started this in like 2019, 20. Wait, you, you don't have a phone at all? I have an iPhone, but I use that for like Twitch and uh, monitor. So you don't have a phone number? No, no. Um, Why? For a lot of reasons. Um, mainly, and I'll tell you in short, I don't know what's on the other end of that phone call that's going to distract me from what I'm doing. Like I mentioned, I have all the things that I want to do. For myself that I figured out that I have to do. I punched my ticket, Nick. I can't do anything else. This is what I got to do. And I, I, I selected that. This is what I want to do. And it's like the responsibility of sometimes not living in the sphere is the sacrifice I make for the art that I'm trying to create. And I put it all on my back. I know what I'm doing in that space. It's tough. But it's something that creates art. It's the art that I want to hear in music. It's something I can't hear anywhere else. I've tried that before. And it wasn't fulfilling enough. So it's like DJing to me is where I can put my emotions, where I can put my art, where I can put everything of me, all of my thinking, all of my spread, wherever I'm at, I can put it right there. And I've chosen that space, meaning I decided. And it's scary like to be like, that's where <laughs> everyone can see me. But I've learned that only people that want to see me can. And that's based off the narrative I can, I can control. Those are the things I've empowered myself with by learning from the experiences I've gone through instead of wallowing in self-pity and trying to consider, you know, everyone else before me. It's like, no, no, Ruben, how do you feel about this? So you say I'm me, I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm whole me. Like I mentioned all the letters, like I feel like I can do that now because I'm, I'm easily looking at myself and uh, before anybody can check me, I've already checked myself many a huh. times. And there's a support group around me that do the same thing. You know what I mean? So, like, people love that about me. I, I can see that. But it's also, like, I don't want anyone to go through what I go through in this space because it does alienate you when you start doing new things. The first one through the wall is never not bloody, never not cut, never is always okay. No, the first one through the wall gets hurt. Yep. And the thinking gets hurt. The trauma, the way you even decide to speak outside. Um, it's a weird uh, realization that everything you say potentially could shift things, move things. So I try not to say much. And that's in anybody's circle, not just me saying that in, gen- in general. Anything you say could move and shift things around you. You got to be careful with what you say and how you say it and who you say it in front of. Because what you say is potentially what you mean. And if you don't know what you mean, you can't speak. You ain't lying. So part of that part of quick. doing the live part of doing the live show. Oh, I'm like, I'm going to cancel myself one of these days. <laughs> the ticking time bomb. <laughs> hey, I always watch it back. Like, oh shit, should have said that. <laughs> but, 
but yeah, I get. But it's crazy. And so you I just, I'm there, man. I'm I'm in a I'm in a personal space that I I have to be in for my reality to coexist. So I'm in a real life, you know, space where I have to like do the dishes and do my laundry and shit like that. And then I'm in this other super creative space that when all that shit is done. And what's funny about me is I can't I can't do none of that shit. I can't do any of that shit without <laughs> cleaning my room first. I have to do it. I have to do that first. So it's like it coexists with me the way I'm designed. I can't unattend to those things. So those are the very most important things. And it's like a balance. Yeah. Once all that's done, I come in here with like, oh, my God, this free mind, this clear, this clarity. And that's where the no phone comes in. It's like, and my mom and dad know how to get me. My brother know how to get me. But it's like anybody sense, else. No, I, I get it. I get it, though. I, I really do get you. it. I, I can't like do a show work. if my shit's not clean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a thing. It's a, it's a peace of mind thing. It's also very important when you work mm-hmm. for what we do. We create. We literally make things. Granted, we use a camera and we use a computer and everyone has a camera. Everyone has a phone. Everyone's capable. But just because you have access to the information doesn't mean you know the information. Doesn't mean you know how to do this shit. It's tough. You got to create. You got to make things. Yeah. And I and I salute you, Nick, all the time, man. I, I've, I've always said that about you. And I think it's funny how like I ended up on this show with you because you started this not what what in October I saw um when did i start 420 was my first episode <laughs> oh shit nice 420 yeah, i'm about so to so this 420 would be the the one year anniversary and i'll definitely be uh be twisting up for that but, yeah. i love that and you know the space that you've created in the videos that i see you cut up and put up like they're so informative they take a lot of work um and i respect that i mean i don't need you to say thank you because i know i know you know that man i know you appreciate it but i need you to know like those things have to be said you know, they have to be announced. And I wish somebody would like give somebody all of their praises, but unfortunately it doesn't happen that way. We got to, we got to talk about these things. We have to say these things and you have a lot of content up, man. I'm sure YouTube does well for you. And I'm, you know, I've, I saw your, you know, that video about your Twitch and that report. And I saw that you weren't so inspired by it, but I'm trying to get you to understand, like, let's double down on Twitch, Nick. Like let's, let's get over there a little more and make that your performance base. And it's create I, a. I think I am. A, I think you're right. Room for you, you know, and and I, make it a fucking weekly thing where maybe it's once a, once a week, man, for an hour, two hours, and it's not you speaking, it's you DJing, or it's you, like you don't have to do Red Bull three style shit. You just have to fucking make a good playlist. I I do Tuesday nights before I broke my leg. I I've been for over mm. well over a year. Every Tuesday night I DJ. I go on at nine thirty, and uh, you know I've DJed till two three in the morning sometimes. Like just whatever. I just go on whenever. But I, I want to add another mm. day. Um, and I I think you're right. I want to put more into it. Tw- I just you know it it is a lot of fun, and I want to make it a you know instead of like a six hour set on a Tuesday, maybe do two hours on Tuesday, two hours on Thursday, or something like that. I don't, I'm I'm gonna figure out a format and really like. You know, you're right. You're right. Maybe, and and it's like and it's fun. I mean, and I mentioned your work already. You do so that's work. Twitch could be fun. Mm-hmm. All the 100%. things you can't, all the things you can't do in work. You know what I mean? And like, that's where I think I'm always going to exist. Where it's like, if I can't do what I do inside of Twitch, I'm not going to your fucking spot. And if you don't understand what I do, then I don't ever want you to book me. 
because I'm doing okay over here. And this is the important, the important part. Like I've been able to make uh, somewhat of a living off of Twitch. And it's important to me because it's like, I've never had that steady paycheck. I've always had to get mine. Like, well, we get paid every 15th. Yep. Like that's dope. Yep. I can bank on this. I can count on this. I, all I got to do is put in the work. What? Oh, give me that. That's easy. That's easy. How, how do you feel about and, Twitch formats? Like, uh, like, uh, uh, like people that do like EDM night, hip hop night, things like that. Or like, do you think it should be just more, you know, kind of just doing oh, you kind of thing, like not like tied to one genre. Like, what do you, what do you think about that? Cause like a, a lot of people have different, you know, like a, like a flips DJ flips. Mm-hmm. He, I think he's out of, um, DC maybe he's, he's from down, he's South of me somewhere, but, um, great DJ. He's a, like a themer. Like he does like four or five mm-hmm. days a week, but every day is like a different, it'll be boy bands or, you know, 2000s R and B or some shit. You know what I mean? Dope. Yeah. I love themes. Um, and uh, a theme is a good thing to to start off with, actually, to build your audience, to build your uh, to to show people what you, you're capable of. I love a theme. Um, OK. Specifically on Twitch, um, I see that things can lock you in if you're not fully vetted in that space. I've seen just like when you go to nightclubs, like it says hip hop and then it's not. You know what I mean? Like uh, I would. I, I like to create an umbrella, like I mentioned earlier. So, like, if Boy Genius is me, right, <clears throat> anything under me is mine, and I want it to uh, reflect that. So, the sound, the name, everything. I throw a party called These Are The Breaks. Well, it's a hip-hop sample party, and uh, it's gold, and uh, you drink whiskey. It's a great name, too. You know? And, Good-ass idea. And it's strictly These Are The Breaks. Just the sample. Sometimes we'll play the original track. Sometimes. Sometimes. If I want to go off and there's a packed room and it's fucking, then I know what to do. That's what that space is. It's a big ass umbrella. I can do whatever the fuck I want under these laws. But that's still a cap. You know? Gotcha. But it's a big, 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 big thought. Um, and it comes with so much more. And at the point in that space, that I, the role that I'm playing is the the director and also executors. So like I'm in there creating this atmosphere, putting breaks together perfectly, not kind of, they're not out of key, they're not out of tune. I'm putting it on me that in that performance, I did the research beforehand and I set the cue points and I set it up that way so that when I practiced, I executed it so that when I go out live, it's perfect because I know I'm recording this mix. Mm -hmm. And then it begins this like other monetization. This mix is going up on Mixcloud. And I got to perform it live once. I don't have time to edit this shit or do it. No, Ruben, you got to do it all right once. I got a good idea. I want to put it all in one space. And then in that one space, I'm going to record the video. And I'm going to drop the mix later. And I'm going to redistribute. Because that's what we got to do, right? That's hella smart. But I think business in this space when you lock yourself into an idea like that like you got to really understand what you're doing so like i mentioned an umbrella boy jeans everything is under that if i'm me and i think i'm the biggest thing that i think i can create i created something bigger and it's called the overground it's bigger than me and i and i i love that for me i didn't know i could even do that but it's possible with my new thought process with a new reality check with like 
the traumas and experiences you go through. Like you're able to land on a start on a on a stable foundation. And the overground to me, like I mentioned earlier, is is not a place, it's a mindset. It's a place that has no rules, just decisions. So if you decide to be the best version of you, this is who you are in my space, in my eyes. So if I you easily can be recognized. It's like an outfit you wear up here. It's your mindset. Um, You're like the Kanye that, DJs, man. What the fuck does that mean? You just think differently. Like, it's crazy, man. Like, talking to you, you're just... Like, I get... Like, I'm... This is, like, one of those interviews that, like, I'm literally gonna, like, watch it back, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick out little things that I missed while actually <laughs> interviewing you live right now. Like, I'm literally gonna watch this back today, and I'm gonna find things like, yo, oh, and he meant this by this. Like, there's so many little, like... You know what I mean? Like, I you think that, different, bro. I've actually had that said about me, and I've taken it as a derogatory term. Um, Why? Because the person in business, I'm in a meeting literally with my sponsor and I'm in a meeting with my partner and he says, <laughs> verbatim, he's our Kanye. And I'm like, no. And I'm like doing what I'm doing, thinking I can just talk. And then it's like, oh, you think I'm crazy. And I'm like, See? oh, shit, I'm not crazy. And the fact that you pointed it out means you got to get all the way the fuck out of my circle. <laughs> It's not a derogatory thing at all. Kanye is a fucking genius, man. You know what I mean? He could be, you know, you, he's fucking, he's a little, like, there's ways to use the word crazy. And I wouldn't call him crazy because it's dismissive. Um, He is going through what regular people go through right now. And he's exposed because he's never been a regular person. Yeah. So it's it's a little like, oh, man, what? this is what we all go through. Yeah, I don't feel bad for you. You know what I mean? Like, welcome. It's just in the public eye. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Dumbass. Like, this is what happens when you have, when you lose your bad bitch. You know what I mean? Like, this is what happens. You turn into this fucking fiend. If you don't know how to handle that, you got to know, man. There's other people that are out here bad, just like you, man, that don't put it up on the Instagram. What's up? Yeah, I don't mean like that side of Kanye. I mean Kanye as a whole. He's one of my favorite rappers of all time, all that. But like, you know, just how, you know, you just think differently, man. Like you just, you oh, think differently than the average saying, cat. Nick. I know you know? what you're saying, Nick, but I had to say that for the people that are watching. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. And how things can be taken. I'm just saying, I've heard that in that way. I didn't take it from you that way right now. I know what you're saying. Super um, But I appreciate man. that, man. It's just, it's just a, I champion these spaces because it's like, I want to be able to, to exist as well. And I feel like the path that I've chosen only allows me to exist under these circumstances. And I mean, like, I got to be able to know what I'm doing at all times. I got to be able to tell everybody where I'm at, all the responsibilities that come with being, uh, you know, a marketer, a DJ, a director, a producer. Now you're running programs like OBS. Now you're a fucking video producer. Like it's a whole bunch of new information happening all at once and to balance all that information and still be productive. Um, I'm proud of what I'm able to produce and I'm happy to say I'm just getting better at it. And it's something that I doesn't, doesn't go away with this. It's like it's talent, it's skill, it's, it's experience, it's things I can put right back into it. And that energy is what I'm saying. You're missing the whole experience of DJing if you're not DJing. Exactly. 
And you're one of the pioneers, man. You know, this is all very brand new. And I mean, I think it's really smart how you're, you know, you're not just uh, limiting yourself to just doing like you do themes. But like, it's not just like you said, it's under an umbrella. It's not just hip hop. It's like it's like you, you, you pick you curate a theme where like you can take it in different directions depending on you know what you're feeling and what what happens and who's in the room and all you know what i mean like there's like you like you're i think it's really smart like i gotta like think of some shit like that like you know what i mean like 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 i can help i can help this is what i'm saying you don't have to do this alone even yourself like um i've helped so many people figure out in this twitch space specifically try to get them into the space show them what type of equipment they might need as i learn along the way and I've learned the Twitch community is very, very open and receptive and will also help you and walk you along the way. But I'm part of that community. I'm trying to show you like, hey, man, I'm right here. You don't have to watch this back. You can call me again and we can have a fresh conversation. I appreciate that, man. We can we can talk about what's going on that day and and whatever's on your mind that day. And I feel like those are the conversations I want to have in general, because like you're in a same mindset space that I'm in. And I feel like if, you know, you influence me and I influence you we can move in a brand new space together. Now it's like we can both coexist together somewhere like we are right now. And one thing about me, man, I take criticism very well. Like I'd be honored if you could like, you know, if you watch one of my streams one day, let me have it. You know what I mean? Like, tell me what you think about it. Everything. You know what I mean? I, I really do. Like I, I appreciate criticism. I appreciate like real perspectives. I can't like one of my biggest peeves in life or pet peeves or whatever in life is when people sugarcoat shit, when people, you know, try, Oh, it was good. Or your people gas me when I shouldn't be getting gas. You know what I mean? Like, don't like tell me straight up, like seriously, like, so I can, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'll be all right. I'm not going to cry. You know what I mean? So I feel you can be a part of this community and still be criticized. Right. It's all about how you respond to it. Um, 100%. For me, man, what's going to get me in the room is your title. So there's your first homework. You know what I mean? Like, you want to interest me? You want to get my opinion? You got to put me in the room first. Um, hmm. And, yeah, that's where you start, man. I would love to see the, the notification go live where it says Nick Spinelli, boom, whatever the theme is, and boom, I'm in that shit. And the, this is what I'm saying. Say you did that, Nick, um, and then you promoted it like you did at normal venue. You gathered all the information like you did. I actually really like the Discord uh, angle. Um, creating a Discord and be able to explain a little bit more about what's going on and separately from Instagram, separately from all these things, you can create different categories and have people chime in in any of those individual categories and you can really control your narrative. So what is Discord? Like for anybody that doesn't know, like what, uh, how would you describe Discord? Um, I would consider, I just learned about this space. I've seen it. I've had it for a couple of years now. I just never really used it. Um, but it's a space that you can create a community to be able to conversate even further on certain topics. You can create hashtags or new, you know, channels inside of the, the log. If you're invited to the, to the space and you can stay within the frame. So like if you're conversating about, for instance, you're putting memes in a, in a chat, well, that this is where the memes go. We're all going to look for memes over here. You want to put videos in, this is another tab. You go over here, you put the videos in here. You want to make announcements, you go over here. And that's kind of what I like about Discord, being able to separate those things. And then having, yeah, one one space for all of my news instead of just using Instagram or Facebook or, you know, emailing people. So I I feel like uh, I'm going to turn myself up a little bit because I feel like they're saying I'm too low. I feel like uh, there is... A control aspect inside of 
this whole space. So if you do something, Nick, you title it, you gather a, a, the crew of people that want to join you inside of, you know, your stream, you put them all on Discord where you can communicate through that because Twitch used to have a feature where you were, you were able to email, you know, your subscribers. And I thought that was so important. And they took that away and they said they were going to bring it back, but I don't know when. Hmm. So I decided, I'm like, I waited a fucking year. I'm like, oh, man, I got to fucking do something because this is the one thing that's been hurting my streams. Because when I first sent an email out, I wake up at, you know, 6 a.m. and be ahead of all their actual emails. You get what I'm saying? I treated it like a job. Like, fuck it. You're going to get my email first in front of all of these other emails that you already get from other businesses. So with my email from Twitch that preps you for the day, I would be able to tell you my theme or be able to tell you what's going on that day and get you set up a post of me just dropping on Instagram. I was more focused on that email than I was on any other post. Mm -hmm. It was so important. I'm like, you know what? I want that back in my life. And that's where Discord comes in. That's so you cool. Put that, you put those people in that space and whoever's in there, bro, is in there. Can't expect all of your followers to carry over. The people on Instagram do not participate anywhere outside of Instagram. That's where they're at. Yeah. Can't ask them to do anything. Don't even waste your time, Nick. And anyone watching, don't waste your time. Same Bring them. Facebook. Do the do what you gotta do. Bring you know, follow protocol, post and share and whatever. But that's why you get thirty three likes. That's why you get sixteen likes on your flyers. That nobody gives a fuck on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? You can't expect people. There's to no value. It's that. just advertisement. Not for them. Mm -hmm. Not for them. You know, they're not trying to be entertained that way. They support you, but that doesn't mean they want to like your flyer. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Don't put your stock in there because you can have their attention, but you can bring them to you and then you have their full attention. That's what you need to do. So you put them in discord and then you say you gather that space into 50 people. I can guarantee Nick that at least 40 people are going to show up to your actual stream when you go live. Wow. That's a, that's like a 90% turnaround. Think about that in a nightclub sense. Yeah, you can negotiate exist. that. You can oh, negotiate yeah. that. They could shit on the nightclub and be like, yo, you want me to bring people? I'm about to bring 90% of the people here because I have a 600-person list that are literally 400 people are going to show up. Mm -hmm. What the fuck are you going to do about that? We should That's actually leverage. cancel your fucking night. Don't bring none of your regular people. Say you're canceled. It's a private event now. Keep your staff. What's your number? Oh, yeah, we got that. Now it's my turn. Move. We're going to DJ. The lights need to be like this. There needs to be a candle over there. Put these flyers on all the fucking tables and make sure nobody comes in without the invitation. That's your job. I now really it's think like leverage. I really think it's going to take one club to figure out that. All right, why don't we or just take a chance and have a Twitch DJ do what they do on Twitch and the club, and it's gonna it, they pack the place. It's a whole vibe, and then and then every other club is going to be searching for Twitch DJs to do it. Now we got to do this too. What other Twitch DJ are out there? Like I'm telling you, it just takes one. Like it did it, it. Like it's possible. I really I think wouldn't, I wouldn't mix that right now, Nick. And this is my this is my like future DJing talking now, like my yeah. Yoda, where I'm like, wait, yes, I get it. Let's jump into that space and monetize it quickly. Let's do it first. But first, we have to fix all the problems in business and DJing today already, or else that gets tucked into that shit. And then we won't ever get that back. Exactly. So I would you start out cautious. cheap, it's, yeah. yeah. I'd be very cautious about inviting this. It's still a secret to me. Motherfuckers haven't figured it out. Even though I'm screaming it, they're about to figure it out, but they're not doing it. And they still can't do it like this. So that's what I'm saying. I'm schooling locals to be able to understand this space. 
understand the atmosphere, know that you got to talk, know that you got to switch cameras, know that you got to create a playlist, another level of thinking. And then I'm telling them, hey, all that work you just did, you created a theme playlist. Imagine if you take that theme playlist, now you take that shit outside, you're in the middle of a party and now you play 15 songs from this one crate and it's practiced already. It's already performed. You already have a relationship with these songs, the way they go together, the way it looks in your laptop. Now you can perform way better. Now you're bringing that. It's like playing two games that make you better. This is for control and outside is for performance. So it's like practice almost, but it's not. It's like um, a pregame, you know, and I, I love that development in DJing where you're able to learn from streaming inside of a house to be able to perform outside in a way that you should have learned uh, DJing before. It's like your new, it's like your new set of eyes. It's like pressure. So I, that's why I advise it. I want everyone to get up on it. As far as mixing that shit though, let's wait because if, and here's my, here's my narrative. If, and I'm not talking about nobody else's pockets, so let's talk about mine. Um, if I wanted to bring in my Twitch page to a venue and they found out and they're ever able to empower me or whatever and give me everything I want, the discussion that I'm saying that I need to have, and then they're like, what do we pay you? I'm going to say you're going to have to match my monthly payments on Twitch. Yeah. And then you got to gift me 50 subs towards my account so that I oh, can like actually, actually give 50 subs. Like, cause you're going to stream yeah. it obviously when you're there. I, I feel like that's a start in negotiating. Huh. 50 subs and then you know how twitch has the basics laid out you tell yeah. them how much you can buy that goes towards the account or tell them hey if you want to participate in twitch as well i advise you to buy 50 subs in your account and you gift them while we're doing this collaboration at this spot to my twitch viewers so that they can correlate how where this is coming from and it all makes sense and then you look cool you gave people six dollars worth of a fucking and you know you bought them a drink for a month that looks really cool to a Twitch, you know, user. When you give me that drink and I'm able to hand that out too, we look like we're working together. Guess what? We made a small investment inside of one space that's going to transactionally bring people back to us forever. That's money to me. That's what I'm interested in. I don't make money, man. I have a lot of people helping me in my life and I'm working my way out of this space where I don't have to do that, but it's like my outside has been compromised because of the thinking. And I don't want to get into those spaces because I will hurt your brain. I will hurt your feelings. Like I feel bad that I have to go outside and talk to humans and share this shit with you. It's like, fuck, I'm sorry, but these are real things that I know I can do. I know sometimes you can't do them, but that doesn't mean I can't. All I need you to tell me is, what you can and can't do and move. I'll figure out the rest. And there's a lot that can be, and that could be the rest. I don't know what the rest is, but it's a lot. But what I'm saying is that the taxing effort that it takes to be able to think about all of those things, to not say, yes, go bring this over here and do it like that, but understand the negotiating factors that are in place to show a venue and a DJ how you guys can both exist in today's atmosphere. Because today's atmosphere has been compromised 
by the outside and it's just money, 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 sponsors, 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 picture, picture, pictures, Instagram, Instagram. And it's like, we're doing all this shit for what? Why do you Cloud. waste graphic designers' time Cloud to make chasing. flyers for you? Why do you Cloud do chasing. that for a graph? Give them a fucking actual project, like make a fucking umbrella of an idea and give them projects to do. Work around those areas. Why are we working in this prehistoric mindset? It's not 1996. It's not 2001. And it's definitely not 2012. It is 2022. And in the last eight to 10 years, we have been introduced to brand new technology that benefits us. And in the last two years, we have created a new version of what we already do inside of streaming. Please don't fuck yourself up by trying to put business together and you lose yourself in business because they know more than you. Don't do that. So, I mean, <sighs> we could even get even further in a rabbit hole. What happened? What happened, Nick? What happened? No. What just happened? But no, this what is happened? mad interesting to um, me. Like, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be thinking about this all day. You, fucking, um, like, what about NFTs? How can oh, we tie that in? How, how so, like, so, what if in the future, you, you DJs can produce NFT, mint NFTs, right? Hold on. Like, man, I'll, let's stop talking about NFTs and let's make that an actual conversation that, because we could talk about that. But then I'm going to tell you some real shit, and then everyone's going to be making money before us. Okay. Let's talk about that one later. That one's not for the public. We can make money making that, doing NFTs. We can and, also, and it could be your ticket to the IRL it events. Could be a whole, or it could like, be your ticket to the meta. Or the meta. Understand that these places have been created for the longest time. This has been the plan. This is where we're headed. I've seen it. I've done it. I've been in those spaces before. I've, what I mean by that is like I've seen ideas come to life. That people talked about 10 years ago. And I'm like, oh, I know those people. That's fucking dope. He did that. Or she did that. That's fucking amazing. Now they're fucking, I don't know, like, these are my friends is what I like to say. You know what I mean? Like, they're fucking amazing. I know those people because I champion them in these spaces. And I can call them if I wanted to. But, like, you got to have an understanding of the environment that we're in. And I mean that for everyone listening. Uh, all 111 of you, including my mom. Hello, mom. Mom knows. Me and mom talk about this shit all the time. And I love that she just listens to me. She might not know what the fuck I'm talking about all the time, but I know that she listens to me. Um, and she gives great advice about my moves. And I listen to her, even though she thinks I don't. But I do. Because it's so good to hear somebody else's perspective that you love and care about. Uh, not so much as everybody else's perspective, but... When my mom talks, it's a different tone. And I love that tone. And I'm, and I'm about frequency. So it's like I'm attracted to her thoughts and how she feels about me in my travels, right? But that whole thinking is not new to me. It's how I move, right? And I share that with all my friends and people that are aware of me inside of Twitch know that I talk like this all the time. And it's not a place that I make it a talk place. You know, that I don't talk there all the time, but I'm just saying when I speak, I try to impact you in a way that uh, I'm impacted. Like I feel the moment I'm right here. I feel that way too. And I'm learning how to speak even more on this thing. And I'm trying to put it all together, Nick, in front of everybody. You know what I mean? Like it's fucking fun to me to be, just have the courage to turn on the camera. Even right now it's an, it's an interview, but it's like, and I'm comfortable. I'm not uncomfortable. Clearly, I'm in my space. Um, Seriously. But I want to be comfortable on camera. And that's what I'm saying, the mental capacity. Let's talk about, you know, that. 
the things we have to prepare, like you mentioned, three style and what that was like going through, that mental trauma is real. The digital trauma is real. You know, like equipment, learning equipment, your laptop failing on you, hard drives, laptop stolen. Laptops. All wounds. Yeah, man, I've had that happen to me. Uh, laptop stolen to me at gunpoint. Laptop stolen. Backpack you got held up at gunpoint and you lost your life. Tell me that story. No, we're not going to talk about that. I'm just going to say that that happened. Oh, my God. And it's a weird. Uh, this is what I'm saying. The traumas of living in Chicago. Things that happen. Guns taken place, you know, like backpacks are taken. You know, you just have to make quick decisions. And your car gets broken into your right. You know, you're going to fucking. I'm at uh, Ali Shahid Mohammed's DJ set at East Room in Chicago. That's why I'm outside. And then. You know, it doesn't matter where, what intention you have. Like, it doesn't matter. There's fucking bad people all over the place. So don't give a fuck about who you are, what you do. None of that shit. I'm not going to walk into the club with that my backpack. So I close the trunk and put that shit in the back. And now I come outside and my shit is gone. So it's like traumas, digital traumas, actual investments that I made for myself, things that I had people help me with get taken from me. And then I have to reinvest in myself because I'm not, I'm too proud to ask them again. Yeah. You know, so it's like things that I have to just keep pushing, things I got to keep doing. And I guess that's what, you know, you're asking me. That's where my thinking comes from. It's like, I just had to keep going. Time is against me. Nobody else. And, uh, yeah, I, I look at time funny, too. Like, during the pandemic, I moved all my clocks to London time for, like, two weeks. Why is that? Because I was understanding the... It's so weird. There's so many shackles in thinking of presentation of marketing. The date, the time, the central standard time, eastern standard time, western, you know, all that shit, right? We get things at different times, we think, but no, everyone gets it all at the same time. So I did a little research because I was like, man, what would it be like? Just on some high shit, like, what would it be like to live in London? And like, my girl would be going to work and I'd be going to sleep. And it was like. So you actually like. You, you you for two weeks you straight up like slept London time like everything like you're you're yeah I made all my clocks my laptops my phone my clock in the house I only have one um and then I told my girl like you stay over here you can be over here but I'm just telling you I'm doing over this because I want to understand time a little bit better now that we got a little bit of time um what does it feel like what is it you know and there is I think what did you learn from that not, like what I, did you discover doing that for two weeks like what was it, no did you such have thing as jet no such thing as jet lag. That's what I discovered. It's a thing. It's a thinking thing. It's a brain thing. It's like you get warped. You know, um, your body's sleeping differently. You're eating differently. Your water wants water. Your body wants water differently. You go to the bathroom at different times. It's different. Your energy is being pulled from what you're normally accustomed to. So it's like you're ripping yourself open. And uh, putting yourself through that in the time like today where you absolutely unnecessarily have to do that, you don't. But I'm in the space where it's like, I feel like I have to. So I do. And I learned so much about myself in those experiences because I'm like, well, I'm tired as fuck, but I'm hungry. You know what I mean? Like my body's confused. And I did this to myself because this is what I feel would happen in, in an artist's space if they decided to live abroad if they decided to struggle somewhere else if they decided to have a different scenery you wanted something change it couldn't go nowhere it was a pandemic yeah couldn't do nothing else had to stay home 
So I wanted that experience still because my body and life and time is itching for that. I still wanted to do these things, so I'm going to do that. I wanted to go to London. I wanted to live in that space. I wanted to live in, in Atlanta. I wanted to live in Texas. I want to do all those things. I still want to do them. So it's like I didn't want to waste any more time, so I decided to have that experience. That's and really I learned interesting. That, that uh, you know, fuck time. <laughs> it's really nothing. It's relative, um, as they say. And, and I, choose, I chose uh, my coffee streams. Or coffee breaks from nine to eleven, because of time, because of what I've learned through that experience, I was like, wait a minute, why am I only playing for people that live in the Midwest? Why? Why am I setting up my time for only the people in the Midwest? There's like, when I'm done with my two hours, there's twenty two other active hours around the world. Like, and they're not sleeping; they're awake every half hour. In my opinion, there's a new dance floor. So it's like, oh, shit, I need to not sleep. I need to figure out all these other times. I know what it's like to live in Chicago. I know what it's like to live in the Midwest. I know what it's like to live in L.A. or Miami or the time that things that happen in those environments. I don't know what the fuck is going on over there. What's going on over there? So I'm awake and I'm going into those chats. I'm saying what's up to the Watchmen. I'm saying what's up to, I forgot his name. Starts with an R. But he's on Twitch and I'm just like, yo. When he goes live at 2.30, it's fucking 9 o'clock over here. That means there's a whole day that's happening for them at that time. Yeah. And we're dealing with the internet here. We're not dealing with our locals. Granted, we are promoting to the people that know who we exist, but there's still the chance of the algorithm. There's still a chance of people that browse inside of Twitch. I believe the people that are on Twitch are designed differently. They're not as skittish. They believe in the product that they're watching. They're putting their time into something. They want to watch something. It's different. And the performance inside of Twitch, whether you're knitting a ball or you're Bob Ross or you're DJ Scratch Bastard or you're Nick Spinelli or Boy Genius, whatever we're putting up there, they want to be there for that. That's different. They know where to be and they got to treat those people differently. You have to understand that crowd about Twitch, about where you're putting your product, how you're perceiving your product, how they're perceiving it from you. It's a lot, Nick. It's a lot. It's a lot, of, it's a lot of testing too. It's a lot of like, uh, you know, kind of figuring out what works best. I mean, because you you got me thinking, like, you know, I, I, I'm I might. I might fuck around and just do a stream 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. because like see like I got to see who's like you know I don't I don't know how the time zones work I got to like google it but like you know who's up who's 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 what's nighttime at 4 to 6 or what's daytime you know what I mean like you're going to reach a whole different audiences and just by like experimenting and fucking around with that like you and know what I mean that you can, you're you're doing you in that whole space so that means they're fucking with you no matter what time it is yeah like it's Nothing gets compromised. It's the decisions you have to make for yourself to make yourself relative. I am such a fan of time in the sense of like, I don't use it anymore. I love not looking at it. I love not. My mom gets mad at me because I don't answer my phone. I'm like, well, mom, I'm not around my phone. What do you want me to do? It's in a fucking drawer. I pull it out twice, three times a day. And um, I need to get better at that. It's just a weird thing that I'm, I'm already deep in it, man. But I'm just saying, like, it's something I had to take back from me because I'm not the type of person you give that access to. I know how I am. I will be on that bitch all day. It, it happened. It mm-hmm. already did. I was like, oh, my God, it's fucking amazing technology in my hand. It's like a little computer. Oh, my God, I've always wanted. But it's like, I got to get the fuck away from that because you turn into a crackhead, man. And that's not something I want to say in a dismissive way. But I mean, the feeling that you could have. When you touch something so potent, yeah, 
It's a, it's genuinely addicting. You ever take like an iPad away from a kid? They lose their shit. <laughs> shit, man. I would never put an iPad in front of a kid. And no offense to anybody that does, but I'm just saying you're compromising all of that. And that's what I'm I saying. Agree. You're feeding into that now. Oh, shit, man. I'm fucking 33 years old. And I can't have that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I'm just saying myself. I'm just saying I would never because I don't do that. That's me. Only me. I don't give a fuck about what you do. You do what the fuck you do. I'm doing what I do. Um, and those also, if you don't ever want to get canceled, Nick, just say shit like that to their fucking face and be like, look, I don't care. It doesn't matter. You do what you yeah. do. You're doing You it. do what you like. You do it, man. I don't. Yay. I support do- whatever you want. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's um, true. Just preface it. I've yeah, been trying like, to do I- that. You do what you like, but here's my opinion. <laughs> oh, man, Nick. Yeah. That is the funniest shit. Because it's true. Like, you got to just be able to be able to say real shit sometimes and be like, look, we all know what the fuck I'm talking about. I don't really have to go any deeper into it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you probably need to get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't go through any of this or you don't see this in any other atmosphere. Like, yo, your phone is addicting. Business is tied up with all this. It's a serious, serious, serious thing that's happening in our time. And, uh, um, you know, what everybody else, I saw the same things on social media. I saw myself comparing everybody. I saw myself seeing, you know, they, people, DJs that travel. Like, I don't travel. I don't ever travel, Nick. I hate flying. So it's like, you really got to, if I'm outside, you really got to come and see me because mm-hmm. I'm outside. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, even right now, Nick, like, I'm, I'm not saying anything more, but I mean, like, I'm never... Outside of my box, I'm in. I'm. I'm always in mine, and to be on your program, it's like I mean this. Like I respect you. I think it's where I need, where I need to be too. I appreciate and you being on too, man. You gotta yeah. have this, and your people do too. It's been but a I, I guess crazy I'm conversation. This, I'm saying this. I'm saying all this to say that uh, I want to just exist um, in everything that I do with all of my product that I put outside. It's tough to negotiate. I get it. But you got to be able to control your narrative. Your business has to be proper. Give yourself the credit um, in the things you've already been able to champion. If you're working in weddings and that's all you do and you don't ever create, you don't ever produce, that's still very important. Super important. Like, I don't ever want you to think like, oh, I got to do what Boy Genius does. No, the fuck you don't because you can't. That's just it. That's where I exist. And it's like, it's Find just like this. Place. Nick, I could never do what you do. That's a fact. And that's real, right? Like, I mm-hmm. could never do what you do. I know that, man. I know exactly where the fuck my line is. And just that's like important. That, Not a lot of people can, can, can look at that, like, st- take a step back. And, like, you know what I mean? That takes humility. That takes everything. Like, know what, n- yeah, know your line. Know your space. Know, your know what you're good at, what you're not good at, like. Your lighting is way better than mine. You know what the fuck you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, you do this. This you is a lot of YouTube, YouTube. videos. <laughs> you a lot of YouTube this, videos man. figuring this shit out. Huh. Your fucking thumbnail is on point, bro. Like you do. <laughs> Thanks, <dog. laughs> it means a lot, man. I really do try to get this shit right. True, <laughs> you do it great, man. And that's what I'm saying. Like, there's things that you can do that you champion in that I you do better that I could try to do. I just won't ever be able to do it like you. I'll be able to do it like me, you know, and I don't ever want people to get offended by me saying things that I feel like I want to say about myself. It's like, no, man, I'm telling you what the fuck this is. This is an interview. Listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, That's it, man. And if you were talking, I'd be fucking listening, too. So it's uh, 
and I would never take anything personal. It's just, and I don't really think a lot of people can piss me off, man. Not in DJing anymore. Like I mentioned earlier, like my new thoughts process in this space is like, oh, I get it. I know way more than you, and that's all I gotta stay. Like so I it's, just, it's ignorance, too. then. You know what I mean? Kind of think like, just, all right, that's yeah. It's okay. It's almost like, oh, I still invite that community into potentially this room, or like if you're, you know trying to get in Twitch, I'm going to invite you still because you still need this. And I still believe that when you go through this and if you see through it, you're going to come out a way better person and a way better DJ. There's just no way around that. And that's what I'm saying. There's a new way to potentially earn your scars. It won't have to be through turntables anymore. The new version mm -hmm. of DJing will be met through Twitch. Yeah. So anybody that already accumulated DJing before this can still, they just have to be taught how to do the digital aspect that could be daunting, could be expensive. I fucking get it. But, but you're it. also, you're a business person. You're a business woman or man. And you are powerful. You have resources. People will invest in you. And all you got to do is figure out how to ask. And when you figure out how to gather the courage to ask and you move your pride and you get things together for business and you start making commitments for those asks, you can produce something that's higher than most and better than more, better than everything you've ever been able to produce because you're motivated by different factors outside of money. Now you put yourself on this name. And I, man, I mean that that's the, that's the way you could do this. And I'm trying to do it myself, you know, and I'm not saying I got it all together. This Real is operating, shit. you know, I, I'm just saying like, I gotta be able to see it like that. And I share that with everybody because it's not just for me. Holy shit. This is, this place needs to be flooded because if you're in this space, Nick, and you're running a raid and we are aware, and then I'm DJing, you could fucking raid me. It's like yep. a, a, yo, get out there, Nick. Hey, get out there, M-Doc. Yo, get live. Let's do this again. Let's do this every day. Let's fuck it up one more time. And let's do it like this now, where we're now creating this community. We're like, hey, it's okay to communicate and schedule with your fellow DJ inside of Twitch. You could sometimes be like, hey, man, I really like your programming. Your shit is dope. I think I could come up with something or what I'm doing over here is dope. And it just so happens that you, you come on after me. So I'm going to fucking raid you. And that's what happened with me and DJ Get Live on Twitch. I'm done at 11. He goes live at, a, at noon in New York time. So that's oh, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. So yeah. when I'm done... My 87 people or my 120 people are going straight to New York to join all of his 325 people that are already in the chat within five Get, minutes of his stream. Hit live is dope. You know what I mean? And that type of, that was the most interesting thing to me. I'm That's like, so damn, cool. they're all here before track one. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And get live. All he, all he wants to do is fucking play. And yep. He's an amazing selector. Mm -hmm. Like there's a version of DJing where like you could just play music. You don't got to do nothing creative. You got to be a producer. You got to do none of that shit. You just got to play good music and play it well. That's what he and does. Be strategic. Be, be cultural. Stay within the realm. Like, just follow the rules. And you could be a great DJ. By, not by default, but by effort. And he puts that in, man. It's fucking nuts, dude. Like, I did a birthday stream and I had him uh, did that. He put a whole crate together for me. That's so special to me. No shit. That's so cool. Well, um, that to me is like my flowers. That's how I look at it. Yeah. People want to 
I got, I was like, yo, I'm sharing my platform. Why not, man? I know y'all got your own, but I know how expensive it could be for you to turn on your Twitch page. I'm not trying to affect your average. So come over here. If you have the time, if you have the space, let's do it. And that's all, man. We've got to build that community a little bit stronger. Just how you mentioned earlier, like DJs like A-Track, people like me, Jazzy Jeff got to be on a TikTok sphere. I agree. But that's not what we have to do. You know, it's what, what has to be done for the sake of of that space to be able to also, you know, shed light on the responsibilities we have for that community. But if we all decided that that's not a space we want to be in, and then this is the type of DJs that surface, it's all of our faults. Mm-hmm. I know and agree. It's all, and it's all good. Like, I don't care if Buddy's out here getting played on ESPN, like, fine. You know how to make a mix inside of Ableton. That's what I learned. You know how to dupe and lie to people. That's what I learned. You also potentially do this without a, a, a hiccup in your businesses, potentially. And these are my allegations. Uh, that's what I learned. And yep. uh, you gave me a lot of room to think like that. That's why. So it's like, yeah, Joe, good, good on you, bro. This is what happens when you turn your back on the culture. This is what happens when you do these things. You expose yourself this way to people that care about these things. And, uh, yeah, we, I know I can see that shit right off the bat. And I know people that also feel this way about DJing and, and you know, pay their bills and make their living off of this, um, that are potentially putting their name on the line every time they go out and they champion a good mix, they champion a, a pre, a well, a well presentation. You know what I mean? Like I've seen your setups, Nick, like they're fucking clean. Thanks, man. You know, and you got a, you got a horror board, right? Yeah. Yep. From Germany. Yep. And, uh, I'm sure those things are sturdy and they, you know, they're nice. I fuck with it actually. Highly recommend. They're all wood. So yeah, it's like I actually well-made. make dust. I make dust too, man. Dude, like uh, actual. Me and my dad, we do. Uh, if if I design, I'll conceptualize, and my dad will sketch it out and make it. Oh, that's dope. I, I, I can't do my, that shit. But I'm just sharing with you that like that type of desk is like something that we're interested in and what we've been doing for like the last ten years, uh, making custom desks for local DJs for their studios. Oh, that's sick. And uh, my dad touches this. You know what I mean? It's not some fucking company. It's not, not my dad's intellectual property is going all on this wood. And he mm-hmm. conceptualized this and he brought it to life and it's sitting in your studio. You know, and that's a really cool thing for me to give to my friends. Yeah. That invest really, in really it. Cool. You know what I mean? But custom, anything like that. You mentioned like space earlier too. Like you got to have that shit, man. Like you got to be yours. That space mm-hmm. has to ref- reflect you. The time in that space that you spend in there, like it's got to be dope. I agree, man. I won't. Um, I won't keep you too much longer. But is there like a last, like a, a la- last word you want to give the people? Last, last statement. Last, uh, last uh, thought. Yeah. Um. I don't know. You had all my thoughts. Yeah, we did uh, actually. Too. I just. I guess what I'm saying, I'm speaking from a, a a place that isn't normally spent. A lot of people don't spend time here because I know a lot of people don't make time for where I kick it at. And like I said, it's not a physical space. It's a mental space. Um, being able to say you cut things out, you turn things off, you don't tune in is, uh, mind you, there's not that many people over here. So it's kind of like a empty space. Um, 
And in this empty space, that's where I, I designed the overground. And that's really what my, my last word is. Uh, I created this space called the overground and it happens on Twitch. Um, and it happens everywhere else because of the ideology that, you know, are presented on Twitch. So anything that gets produced inside the overground gets shared to Mixcloud. Gets Twitch.tv slash boy genius, right? Yes. Yeah. That's probably the, the only link you. I would put out there. Yeah. Um, because, uh, that's my anchor from now on. Like I got a website where you can get that uh, $20 sticker, but the anchor for me is Twitch. And, and then, yeah, your website is what? Boygenius.live, I think? Yes, boygenius.live. I'm going to put it in the chat, too. Genius. Thank you, Nick. Live. So they can um, check you out and everything. I'm that's definitely going to be on your Twitch. Yeah, and, and I would love to see you up on yours as well because, you know, whether we communicate or if you find out when I'm streaming, one, just hit me up. Hey, man, Ruben, I want to set up a stream right after you. No All problem. Right. Or vice versa. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely set yeah. something up once we get through these injuries. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not going to be up on Twitch like actively. This is why I invited all my mm-hmm. local DJs to kind of take up my space so that I'm not wasting nobody's time. I still feel like time is happening and things got to happen. And these guys also have something to say. And I choose to trust what they say. And I want to put them on here. So it's, that's still going to be happening. But I probably won't be back to actively DJing till like probably next year, man. I'm going to sit all the way down and just okay. make sure my wrist is good. Make sure everything's straight. Um, and I... My support people understand that, so it's like I just got to double down on, on community efforts to make sure my, my, this, all of my equipment that was invested on still gets used, you know, and the internet still gets paid and shit like that. The small investments still get covered, and that's kind of what I'm doing this for, is like just to make sure all this shit gets used, because it's already gotten to a point where it's a full-on blown production. It's a broadcast, uh, what I'm doing, and I'm, I'm, I was even planning on doing like a whole ad rollout promotion with Twitch this year to kind of compete with local radio because of that whole mindset. Like I said, that segregates thinking. Yeah. The way I feel like I can attack in a, attack in a political sphere is through audio. So if I create a narrative in Chicago with posters all over the fucking place and graffiti and murals and things that I can activate because of my street cred, if I put all that shit up and the poster says, why do you listen to radio? And then that's the question. And then That's you can really see good. my poster and there's a QR code and boom, it tells you everything about the fucking overground. That's really and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, putting somebody in their fucking like big ass companies, I want to shit on them in that whole mindset. Because like you dumbasses could have been doing it like this this whole time, but you don't believe in the people that you serve. You just treat them like fucking robots. And you they don't get you it. It's all about the money. Yeah, and it's all good. You can have that money, but I'm going to create more money because there's more money in spaces you haven't tapped into. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm learning. It's like, oh, we have access to this space. They could never. They need me to get in here, and I will never give them that again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I, I'm I'm not also trying to waste your time because I can sit here and talk about this shit all day. <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> I, I appreciate you though. I'm gonna keep in touch with you with everything. I want to have you back on in like a year. I think all this stuff is moving fast. I think like our we're we're definitely in. Uh, you know, this, I think like our world's changing. Like DJing and Twitch and everything. Like everything's moving so fast. And I'd love to like sit back down with you in a year, maybe in person. Which would be sick, yeah. and uh, and do this again, and then re, you know revisit and see how far like everything's come in a year, and kind of like you know take it from there. Like I, I just you know I think you're um, you know I I love chatting with you, man, and I just really think you uh, you have a really unique perspective on all of it, and you like get it, like you know, like and I don't Thank know you, Nick. I appreciate a lot that. a lot of things that were said today is going to come to fruition. 
I believe that. And, and, I believe that and I'm all about it, and I told you so. <laughs> so I'm going to be making the phone. <laughs> like, yo, you guys, not for nothing, but if you watch the Boy Genius interview, we talked about this. <laughs> you know, so. and this, this could be a reference point, you know, and I, I, I believe that every time I speak, anytime I think of something, I make it a point to potentially make it real or get it to somebody that will. Um, because, Document it. Yeah, man, it's important. Like, this is historic to me, man. Just to be on a platform that I know is going to be even bigger than it is today for you specifically. It's like people are going to look back in the history and maybe they'll say, damn, you, invo- you interviewed him already? And it's like, yeah, man, he was ahead of the curve. Seriously. He was there. You know, I believe that. that's what I love. And, you know, we'll be there with them when they get there. But that's what I'm saying. We're here, Nick. You're there. I'm here. And we're in this space together in the future of DJing. And I see us there. And we don't have to, in my opinion, we don't have to subscribe to the laws of, you know, legacy that happens outside of DJ. It's a brand new legacy that has to be reached in today's, in today's atmosphere. So I would salute the legends. I respect them. But it's no longer I'm going to let them dictate what has to happen in this space. It's my responsibility to create something new for everyone that's doing something for this space today. But that doesn't mean the greats are not going to be there. You see, Scratch Bastard is killing it. Jazzy Jeff mm-hmm. is killing it. See what I'm saying? If you're just DJing, you're always going to be where DJs are at. Mm-hmm. So I just invite everybody to this side of it because um, when you pay the game, when you when you play the game, the game pays you. And it's like, it, it's a long game. But if you're in it for the long haul, it doesn't matter how much time it takes. You just got to learn all the way through it. And be ready for when you're ready, when when it gets called. When you get called. You got to be ready for when you get called. Amen. I'm, I'm excited to share that with you, Nick. Thank you for having me, man. And shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to the whole YouTube community. I tried to turn this on on Twitch, but I didn't figure it out in time. But um, I'm, maybe we can grab this video and we can re-air it if that's cool with you, Nick. Of course, man. Yeah, anything you need, you let me know. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. Peace to you guys. Peace. Peace out, man. Thank you. Well, that's it, people. Oh, um, I appreciate everybody for joining me. Everything. Uh, I'm literally gonna go. I'm gonna go right now and watch this interview back. I think it was so so interesting. Um, so much stuff we touched on. Uh, but I appreciate you all for being here. Happy Tuesday as usual. And um, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I um, I I, I I'm gonna go on Twitch tonight. I'm not gonna DJ. But I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna answer some questions. I'll do a Q and A. Uh, I, I I just can't stand yet, so like it's really hard for me to kind of like DJ. I don't know if I figure something out. I will, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be live tonight, nine thirty, my regular time. Uh, it, but you know, Ruben, you know, Ruben motivated. I got I got to get on that, even if it's just to connect with you guys and answer questions stuff. So if you guys want to come hang out with me, I'll be on for like an hour or so, uh, nine thirty tonight on Twitch. We'll kick it. Okay, I'll twist one up. I'll grab a drink, answer questions, bullshit with you guys, have a good time. I just miss my whole Twitch fam and everything. So I'll definitely do that tonight. And um, and yeah, every Tuesday at noon, I'll see you back here. Got a great show next week as well. I love you all. I appreciate you guys for joining me. And um, I'll see you the next one. Have a great week and crush your weddings and all your events this weekend. Peace out, people. 